gotta gotta keep it moving here. Um, I'm gonna turn this off though. Here, I'll turn on my my thing. I'm actually wearing my my favorite coaster shirt, which the front of it has um, it's a Fiesta Bowl Tostitos like 1996 national championship for Nebraska shirt. Okay. On the front of it, and then they screen print on the back, Quasi Amusement Park. What? Wait, why? <laughs> Where, you bought it at... That's what they used to do. Like, they used oh to buy... Oh my god, this smells just... nasty! Holy shit, this is the worst thing... Okay, let's let's start this thing. Yeah, yeah, just for, for this taste test. I figured he'd love to see my face. Our faces. <laughs> we, have, we have corn soda. Alright, so this are is you gonna start this? Experience gets. Yeah, we're we're starting. We're here. Oh, so the show already started. Yeah, it is right now. We're doing it. Oh crap, so they're gonna hear all of this. This is so professional, but you know. It goes along with the territory of what the show names are, you know, like I guess we're the more right. professional of the two podcasts, but whatever. But we should at least say who we are. I'm Alan. Yeah. This and I'm Alex. Alex. Yeah, yeah. We are doing a uh, soda tasting because you know this 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 amazing soda that uh, Alan can see. Obviously, you guys can't see. Um, well, it's like two months old, and I don't know how much I trust it any longer. <laughs> it, it is, is a the, sweet corn soda. Yeah, Lester's Fixins. So it, it's you know it's stuff that people have probably seen on the internet before, but they sounded disgusting. So um, well, here we go. Oh my god, that smell! It, like even before you get up to the bottle, and it just smells <laughs> like a ear of corn. But I know it's okay. Let's let's just do this. Oh, it tastes like Sprite, but then like a corn on the back hand, the back end. Like, okay. Ariel is not a fan. No, not a fan. Tips. I did the you know, it looks like it, it looks kind of like a Budweiser, except it's missing the malt. <laughs> like it just has the fizz and the corn. Yeah, I'm like I feel like if you're like sloshing it through your mouth, it just tastes like Sprite, and then but then if you like you know really taste it, it tastes like corn, and you don't want to taste liquid corn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, last podcast of the decade, and for Parkscope, unless something happens next week, I don't think it will. Um, no, I doubt it will either. If it does, we we don't post till Thursday, anyways, and that's New Year's Day. Um, so wow, it's been a decade. Um, so we're gonna, I think we're we we didn't even concur what we're doing. We're gonna do some trip reports, and I thought you know on that tail end, let's talk about the decade a little bit because it's yeah, it's been it's been a while, you know, it's, ten years. It's been a thing. It happened. Um, so, you, do you uh, want me to go first? Because I've done, I haven't really done as much stuff, but I'm uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to talk about a lot of stuff. So we're going to just talk about Efteling, and I'm gonna pretty much going to talk about my Orlando trip. And I mean, that's that's all that's really happened um, since then. Just a lot of holiday events, but like everything's been the same. It's it's been great adventures, been fun. Uh, went to Sesame Place with some, you know family kids or friends with kids so it wasn't yeah. awkward 
Um, and I uh, did a couple of little uh, little music video type things, and they're really fun to do. So, And uh, I've been doing lots of Christmas lights. We've been running around the last two nights, like going to all these Christmas light places. Philadelphia does it pretty well. Um, well, the suburbs. So we're going to do Philadelphia next year. I didn't want to deal with the parking of, like, Philadelphia. That just sounds like a nightmare. So. But, yeah, it um, kind of is, uh, from my recent experience there. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me about that a little bit. Before you yeah, I'll, I'll kind of go through the stuff that's not Efteling, you know, because there wasn't really any parks. I really can't say anything about going to Phoenix about two weeks ago. I didn't even um, know you went to Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I went and visited my dad. But I never even really went out or did anything, so there's really okay. nothing to say about it. Uh, it was warm. And uh, it did rain when I was there, and we didn't go to anything. I mean, that was kind of intentional. There wasn't there wasn't any, like, major thing to go do, and it, it, I was only there for a weekend, so it was more or less, like, spend time with my dad. Um, I was in Philadelphia last weekend. Uh, was it last? No, not last weekend. Last weekend I was home. The weekend before last, I was in Philly. Sure, sure. Uh, and I saw the Misfits play again at Wells Fargo Arena. Um, which I is got good. a little jealous with the, the 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 what do they call it the the openers. Yeah, they had uh, Agnostic Front and Dropkick Murphys were opening. Yeah, um, Dropkick Murphys. That's that's a good show. So it was it was a great it was a pretty good show. Like I would say, you know, for me, the Misfits at MSG was were better. Like they sounded better there. Um, but you know, overall, I'm not sad that I did the trip and I had like four hmm. cheesesteaks. So did that Wait, okay. I mean, come on, born in, well, not born and raised, but I, I was born in Connecticut, but I was there for two years. Does that really count? Not really. Um, <laughs> Doesn't count. But, like, I need to know. The, I mean, come on, Philadelphia in here. I need to know the cheesesteak details. They're important. Okay, so the, the short uh, cheesesteak details. So we went to Tony Luke's first. Okay, um, I, I think it's my underdog. So what do you think? I really liked it. And this is, okay. we went to the original one. Yeah, uh, no, we were... you had to go to the original ones because, I mean, he gets a lot of crap because he's really he's really successful. He's franchised. He's in different countries. He's he has, he's in like supermarkets, some places, just like a little like you know like a little kiosk. And so people kind of are like, well, he's like sold out, so he's not good anymore. But no, no, you go to the original place on Oregon Avenue, which you went to, right? Yep. And you park right underneath ninety five. Yes. Tell me, tell me your experience there. Um. Really good. We got there. So the plan originally was to go to the, the Army-Navy game, and my flight was delayed three hours. Oh. Which, you know, that totally killed that idea. That was over and done with. Because I, I didn't get into Kyle's truck until 2 o'clock in the afternoon instead of, like, 10.30. So at that point, it just wasn't going to happen. So we're like, okay, we're just going to go visit downtown and go get cheesesteaks. Um, so we went to Tony Luke's, and Kyle had actually eaten at Tony Luke's already. So he ended up having four, three and a half cheesesteaks that day. Um, with this, this being his, his second Tony Luke's of the day. I thought it was great. I thought it was delicious. Um, I mean, they're bread. I the, the standard with like onions and peppers on it. And it was, it was super good. Um, it's got what like the, 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 the thin cut of beef. Bread was good. Honestly, all four of the places we went to had really good rolls. I can't complain about okay. any of the rolls. That's what does it for me. So, um, um, and it was and you know what I really like? 
Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. What yeah, I really like, like doing is putting a little bit of uh, pepper, put pepperoni on that cheesesteak at mm-hmm. Tony Luke's. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, it was it was cool to go there. Like like there was a dude that like hands out uh, a little like pepperoncinis and pickles and stuff like that to each of the tables after you sit down. So um, we skipped on having fries at Oldies to have more cheesesteak. That was that was distinctly part of the plan. Um, also, the original Tony Luke's is just down the street from the 2300 Arena, a.k.a. the former ECW Arena. So that was kind of cool to be in that weird, like, pseudo-historic part of, of Philadelphia, at least to me. Um, huh, I don't after know that, what that is. <laughs> that's, that's fine. It's okay. Okay. You don't need to. Okay. Um, after that, we went to downtown, because um, I had never been to Philadelphia really and spent any time there. Uh, we walked around, saw, you know, basically the Liberty Bell, went past Independence Hall, um, walked past the Mint, uh, went past Benjamin Franklin's grave, you know, all those kind of typical things that you would expect to do, you know, in that part of town. It's just um, a really fun city, and it, it's not a, a huge hassle to deal with, in my opinion. I, I, I definitely would like to spend more time there. I mean, this is my first time there, and, you know... Obviously, we spent basically like a little over half a day. Uh, we didn't get to go into any of the museums or anything like that. We did get coffee over by downtown. I can't remember the name of the place. We ended up going to another location of theirs the next day. Um, and it's it's some, you know, fairly substantive, well-known coffee place out there. Um, following so cheese... cheesesteak places? Yes. So I'm trying to remember the one that I went to next. Um... I'm, I assume you did Pat's and Gino's, right? We did not do either. Well, we skipped okay. both. That's like interesting. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, I, the thing I've always heard about both of them is that they're both kind of like tourist traps, and oh yeah, you know, you kind of have to do them, but they're not the best. Yeah, so I, you know, Kyle's thing is like, why would I want to go to the tourist trap when I can go to like the real thing? Like, why don't we just? Like, cut out the middleman and just go straight to the thing that matters. And I was like, yeah, that's not really the worst idea. Like, I can't really argue that. Um, so we skipped it and we went to, uh, let me see here, I'm trying to find it on Google Maps. Oh, Brother Philly, which is over by, you know, all the old museums and whatnot. There's basically, it's on Market Street, uh, near Market and Second. And we basically went on Yelp and saw, you know, who had the highest-rated cheesesteak restaurant in the area, and we split one at O Brother. And O Brother, you know, for for being in kind of, you know, more of a touristy zone, still had a really good cheesesteak. It was it was pretty similar in a lot of ways to Tony Luke's. Um, the bread, I would say, is a little bit lighter, but it's still really good. And then the last cheesesteak of the day that we had was at Jim's. Yeah, um, Jim's is good. Jim's steaks. And Jim's was really good too. That was that was the last one. It was funny because you know we walked down, um, we walked down Jim's, we walked up and down a little ways on um, South Street, you know, just going to the record shops and other stuff there. And as we're in line for Jim's steaks, it was like six o'clock in the evening, and the show the doors didn't even really open to the arena until like nine o'clock. So I was like, well, why don't we go? Why don't we go back to the hotel because we're staying at the Red Roof by the airport. Like, let's just go grab an Uber to the to the hotel before the game's over and, like, take a nap. I was like, that was a great idea. 
So so we like had our cheesesteaks and then went for a nap and then came back and did the concert. And then the next day we went to Delisandro's. Uh and that was basically breakfast. And Delisandro's was was really quality. It was definitely like it and Jim's kind of do the same thing where it's the really finely chopped steak with the cheese integrated. But sure, the cheese sure, is yeah. integrated far more in Delisandro's, like even into like the peppers and the onions and I would say that probably like Tony Luke's would be my favorite if I'm looking to eat, if I'm looking to taste like the steak, and if I'm looking to have more of the cheese experience, then I want um, Delisandro's. That makes sense. Like I, I don't yeah, want to necessarily I've pick like a favorite like, too. I've always felt like Tony's is like definitely a little bit higher on the quality there, with just the meat and everything. So. Uh, I mean, the only like, thing that people complain, uh, complain about about Tony's, which I'm okay with, is it's it's more made to order, so you're usually gonna have to wait a bit, a little bit longer than the other ones. But you know, I, I waited like 40 minutes for Delisandros, so it's kind of okay, tough well, to me. That's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm I mean, like it was, it was it was busy. Like we waited nothing yeah. for Tony's. Like we got in, we ordered. You know, it took like five minutes for them to make it, and you know that's no big deal. Whereas like. Delisandro's had like a line way out the door. We like ordered and then walked outside, and we could hear through the vents, like in the windows, as to when our order came out. So it was cool to go to Philly and visit it and and do stuff there uh, for a change. I flew out of Hartford, and finally it was the first time that I've flown out of Hartford and not been delayed. So I was really pumped and happy about that. Um, I've been waiting for that day to come for a long time. And uh, you know that was that was a pretty uh, pretty chill trip, um, but you know the the big trip obviously was to do Efteling for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's and, that's um, crazy and awesome. Yeah, that was that was an idea. Oh, we went to La Colombe. I think that's what it is. Coffee roasters. There's like two different spots. Oh, we went okay. to one went to one in downtown over by where for the old town is, and then we went to the other one kind of in the hipster part of town. And they were both really cool. They were both good. Um, I, I can't argue it. Uh, it was good coffee. Like, I'm not going to be mad. Um, so anyways, the, the Efteling trip idea. So we had been looking at stuff to do for Thanksgiving. You know, this would have been like April or May, I want to say, is when we had started looking. Trying to drink that corn soda, man. I know. I, it's like I, I'm kind of trying to get rid of it because it smells so bad, and I don't, I, I don't want to leave... <laughs> <laughs> you have to send that down the. It's going down the sink just, now. There's just no way around it. Just accept it's done. Tell me you want um, it. <laughs> so we we had been looking at stuff and like Orlando is like seven hundred dollars, and we're like, this oh, is crazy. Like everything so is super expensive per person. So, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, like a person to fly to Orlando from Detroit. Like and everything Ariel and I just and, and Ariel and I just went for like ninety. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dumb. Like the prices for airfare right now, uh, Detroit to Florida are terrible. So, I I used my trick, and I've decided that I think I've mentioned the trick before. And for people that are in the Detroit area, I have no problem telling them the trick if they're friends of mine. But at this point, I'm not going to tell anybody about it anymore. Um, because if it actually got out, I've realized that people would exploit it and ruin it. But there's a trick. It exists. And that trick leads to getting Delta airfare to Europe for 
usually about one third of whatever the price is on Delta's website. So, you know, we flew to France a couple of, or actually last year for like six fifty ish, I would guess, would be the estimate of how much it would have cost per person. And it was pretty much the same thing for Amsterdam this time. Whereas buying it on Delta's website was like seventeen hundred. Uh, which is not viable. But once you're in the position of like, well, it costs $600 to fly to Amsterdam or 700 to fly to Orlando, suddenly it doesn't seem like such a bad idea. Um, because we were going to Amsterdam, my mother-in-law wanted to come with us. She really wanted to go see Efterling, so I was fine with doing that. I take my So we went to Efterling. Well. So she came along <laughs> with us. Um we booked one of the we built we booked the gilded suite at the Efteling Hotel. So we were there Thursday and Friday night, and um, we stayed by the airport on Saturday night and uh, rented a car, obviously, to get there. Um, the one one of the really nice things was on the way down. We had gotten a, an offer from Delta for eight hundred bucks, which is not you know chump change or anything. But the way we looked at it was, it was the price of a normal coach ticket to fly in first class after the upgrade. So we flew in first class. We took Delta One, at least to Amsterdam. So I was able to get some more sleep in the life flat. You know, I had a steak. There was actual metal utensils. Um, there was a big screen if I wanted to watch movies, which I didn't. That's allowed. Uh, have they? I guess they've relaxed that since then, because that that wasn't allowed after like nine eleven, right? Uh, like a lot of times they've they've haven't allowed it, but like in especially like on intercontinental flights, you'll typically see it in first or business class that they'll have metal oh, okay. stuff. I guess they figure like, and they, there's usually not like a sharp steak knife. It's like a butter knife. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's still, but yeah, like they they assume that like. At this point, their their ability to get information about you is good enough <laughs> that, that you're not going to be, like, a random murderer in first class. Um, but it was good, because we got some rest on the way over. Uh, we arrived early. We got in the rental car, you know, real quickly. We were on our way. We actually got to the Efteling Hotel a half an hour before early entry. So we got checked in at least as much as we could. The room wasn't ready yet. We got room keys, we got our tickets, and we had to like sit there and wait because we were there so early to get in the park. And so how was the room though? Um, or do you want to talk about it later? Uh, yeah, I can talk about the room now. Um, did you the room have, was awesome. Did you have the little shoes inside the cupboard? The so what we had, we had a lot more stuff than that. Oh. Our room, like I have video of it and I'll post it eventually. Like, cool. when you open the door, there was, like, a whole light show. There was a pot of gold in the corner, and, like, a rainbow would shine over into it. Um, the room was, was themed to be, like, it was, like, a, like, it was just filled with gold, like it was like you're in a safe. Okay. And there was all sorts of crazy stuff. So, like, one of the cool things was the nightstand next to the bed was shaped like a safe, and you couldn't open the door. The only way to open the door is you had to, to take the painting, and the painting was on a hinge, and you opened it like a door, and there was a safe lock there, and you had to find the combination in the room, and you could turn it, and then it would open up the nightstand. 
And these were like just like in between a few normal rooms, right? Because I think right next to my room there was a room that had a title on top of the room number or something. They're like in the that, corners. Right? They're in the corners. Yes, yes. Because like I was the, the I round was, parts. My room was in. Uh, if you're coming into the uh, entrance of the hotel, my room was like right above the bar. A okay. Floors up. Yeah. Yeah. We were up, I think, on the fifth floor for this one. And okay. But like you know, my mother-in-law was able to stay. There was a room with bunk beds, like. It's for kids, but like she fit in it, obviously. Was it reasonably uh, had... priced? For for three people, yeah, it was fine. I mean, okay. I don't recall exactly what it was off the top of my head, but it comes with three days of mission and breakfast. Yeah, I think so... mine of the three hotels I stayed at, I think it was the cheapest of the uh, the three. And like the beds and... are really good. Um... I think it was the only one that included. It was the only one that. Included a mission. Fantasialand didn't, but it. Yeah. I got a deal where my mission was like ten euros. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And they give you like that fast pass thing at Fantasialand too, that barely works on anything. Oh god. Yeah, that would have been really nice if it had been on a uh, Night Temple of the Nighthawk, the 3D version of it, because I would have gone there first and then not missed it. <laughs> Instead, it's but like. Anyways. Yeah, but yeah. So there's there's like a shuffleboard game in there that you can play. Oh my god. Um. It has like these. They have like piggy banks that you like. You try and shoot the the pucks into, and when the pucks go through the piggy bank, uh, it oinks. Like it's it was so cool. Uh, eventually, I'll post video of it because it's amazing. But please um, don't, because I'm gonna see it and then I'm gonna be like, great, I'm gonna have to surprise Ariel <laughs> with one of these things. Although she listens to the podcast, so she's gonna be like, so what do you? What, how are you gonna surprise me? <laughs> so, but I'm okay with itself... that because Efteling is. Yeah. Amazing. It's definitely it's super good. Um, so the park was open ten to six, uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, so we went in the park on Thursday. There was a, a light sprinkle. It wasn't like a heavy downpour or anything like that, and the park was dead. I mean, when I say dead, like it was possible there were less than two hundred people in Efteling. Ooh, but everything and was open. And it's a situation where it's a resort, so they're most likely not going to close it. Right. So Everything was open. There were no waits. There was one time where the three of us went up into um, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, trackless dark ride. Um, really? Symbolica. Symbolica. I know, it's bad. Uh, but, but so we're going to Symbolica lie. and we're the only no, three people in the pre-show room. What? I forgot the name of it earlier this week, too. So It happens. There's a lot, dude. I've been on a lot of rides. It yeah. Happens. But uh, symbolic. We, we were the only three people in the pre-show room. So we got to ride a lot of stuff, and we didn't wait for it. It was very relaxed. Uh, a lot of the restaurants were closed and, and food oh. venues, which you'd expect. But, you know, we were still able to find food, and it wasn't really a problem. We ended up having burgers over by where the water show's at. Um, some of the stuff that I didn't get to do the last time I was there, like I got to finally ride the train all the way around uh, a couple mm-hmm. times, and I mean, rode the dark rides, we rode all the coasters. Um, everything was open there except for the boat ride, that was closed. They were doing some renovations on the platform. Yeah, I saw it was all torn apart. Yeah, but everything else was pretty much open. Like Piranha was, was open. Was Flying Dutchman open? Yeah, we rode it. Oh wow! Okay. It was like 45 degrees. Celsius or rain. Fahrenheit? Well, Celsius would be really hot if it was 45. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then no one would have any issues with it being open, and there'd be really big problems. 
Um, no, and actually on Saturday, like, they didn't even start running stuff when we left by noon because it was like 32 or 33 degrees, uh, and everything was kind of frosted over. So, but they, they ran everything Thursday and Friday, even though it was cold, and we rode pretty much everything. We rode, you know, Flying Dutchman, we rode... But it's not even all about riding, like... Like I look it's like back everything on it. about the park is great. Like there's all the stuff, and I I realized like I spent like more time there I think in than the other two major parks, but I still feel like I only saw like half the park. Like like the whole the, they had the new um the new ride the the Swan ride which opened up a couple months ago, so we were able to get on that. Uh, which is over, It's I mean, it's a very short ride. It's basically a flat ride, almost in the guise of a, a dark ride, because it's so short, um, which is, is back it? in the... That's in the, um, the the storybook area. Okay. Um, I mean, that, like, that literally just opened, I think, at the beginning of November. Okay, so, so I, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's I think br- I and they actually construction, just, yeah. They've got well, they've got Max and Warts, which is under construction. That there's a lot of earth being moved for that. How's that looking? Um, it's looking interesting. Um, it's a lot yeah. bigger than I thought it was going to be for some reason. Like in my mind, it was a Zamperla dragon, and in reality, it's a lot bigger. Like well, the mock, but wait, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. A powered coaster, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, a dual powered um, mock. Uh, how are they? Are they uh, retaining the foresty area there? Are they being? For the most part, they are. I mean, I would say... Okay. Um, I mean, sure, some stuff didn't be cut out, but they didn't, like, clear-cut it, like, you know. Yeah, no, they did. And, yeah. like, they kept okay. the station. They're still using the same station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stuff that, like, I never even got to check out, or, you know, the last time I was there, or definitely when I was there in 2002. Um, you know, stuff that they've added, you know, since 2002, like the Laugh Village, the Laugh People Village. Um, there's like a monorail ride where you ride in, in like snails. Yes. And there's like a whole village of like walkthrough buildings back there. That's just yes. phenomenal. Uh, we did Ravelin, which doesn't a hundred percent make sense, but, okay. uh, there's a horse. You, get, you got English subtitles, right? Uh, we got like a translator translation device. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So we got like, you know, headphones so we could hear. Like, basically what was supposed to be going on in English. And it's like a stunt show with horses and birds. And, like, one of the horses is, like, there's, like, fire effects. Like, one is on a horse, which is pretty wild. Um, it, it's a big theater, and it's kind of cool. We, there's a projection show now on Villa Volta, which they run, you know, every five minutes at nighttime. Um... There's a lot of really cool, like, winter touches, like putting the uh, winter cap on top of uh, Vogel Rock, I think, is a really cool thing to see, and, like, a scarf <laughs> yeah. on it. There's a lot of yeah. stuff, like, I didn't even notice the last time I was there, like, walking around around Vogel Rock, there's these trees, and if you look up at the trees, you can see eggs from Vogel Rock, from the, from the big bird. Um, there's a cross-country ski track. That they have in the back of the park. Um, it's it's kind of over by the antique cars. Okay, okay. And you can you can put on skis, and it's not snow. It's like a you know, 
kind of like that that surface that you can do snow tubing on. It's like that. Yeah, it's um, like um, astroturf type looking stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the old time cars. I don't recall getting a chance to ride those last time I was there. That was those are those are fantastic. Um, I mean, there's there's just so much good stuff at that park. It's it's tough to pick like any one item. Um, and and to me, say, like, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. When I say I like missed like half the park, like I saw the entire park, but I feel like I missed like like half or more than half of the detail. Or like you know, I didn't do a lot of restaurants. I would have loved to do restaurants, but there's some kind of experiences I didn't really want to do alone. And just just. It's just, I don't know, it just makes me so happy thinking about the place. <laughs> it's a gorgeous it's... park. I think, for, for me, like, Meredith definitely says this, that, you know, to her, it's a more beautiful park than Disney Sea. And I know there's a lot of people that will be, like, vehemently against that. But A, we went to both of them this year. B, like, Disney Sea is very impressive, but it's, it's like, fake, right? Like, it's all manufactured and built. Yeah, it's, I think it's all about your personality. So if you like nature and stuff like that, or history, if you appreciate history and all that, and I appreciate both of those things, like that's that's like Efteling in a nutshell, or part of it. Like it's all yeah. about it's all about just making the park beautiful and making it look like it has belonged there forever. And it's just it's it's another world. It's and it's just so a shame that people. If you talk about it here to like random friends or like your coworkers, be like, "Efteling, what the heck is that?" Oh yeah, this place where lots of lots of rides are themed to fairy tales. You're like, okay, and you're going all the way to the Netherlands for that? What's wrong? <laughs> you just gotta go there to get it. <laughs> it's to me, it's it's one of like, you know, I don't have like that. There's a favorite park that I have, but. There are many favorite parks, and this is definitely one of them. It's just, yeah. it's such a phenomenal, phenomenal park. And it's it's like the, to me, it's kind of the purest encapsulation of what, like, a European park is, where you have, it has a lot of space to wander, like, and, like, yeah. dirt and paved paths and paths that don't really go by anything except nice-looking stuff. Um it's not purely about rides. It's not purely about attractions. It's not about, uh, like the, the art detail is very, you know, it's very Efteling. It's very European. It doesn't resemble what every other park in the world has. It's not, you know, th like their stuff is pretty much their own creation and their own, if you want to call it intellectual properties or whatever. Um, yeah. And I believe their creative offices, like, I feel like to a way for people to relate to the creative freedom they have. It, it reminds me of like, if you ever seen the Pixar story, how they like back in the day, how they like themed out all their cubicles and all that stuff. Apparently it's, it's very similar to that. I believe that's when uh, the people on the um, coaster crew tri trip got to go back there and, it, it just speaks to. I mean, they have a creative team for God's sakes. Like, just dedicated yeah. to that. That sounds like that sounds like WDI. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's very, you know, and like there are people that get poached from WDI to go, you know, uh, to Efteling and vice versa. Like, there's there's a decent amount of crossover. They're very aware of one another. 
Um, I mean, I just love going to it. It's just, it's a beautiful park. And it does so many things right. Did you Um, get to see it with snow on the ground or no? Not really. No, it wasn't cold enough for snow, which honestly I'm not going to be mad about. Like, I I think when it snows there, it probably shuts down a lot of stuff that's outdoors. And, you know, it's a trade-off to have it just be kind of like cold and slightly miserable, but get to ride Joris and Dedrock a bunch of times. True, true. Or or ride Baron 1898 without waiting. And it should be noted, too, like, you know, one thing that I didn't really understand until I started to plan this specific trip out there was, you know, when you're in that part of the country, there's actually a national park, like, across the freeway. Like, on the other side of N261, which is the big, you know, multi-lane freeway that's there, is a national park, and there are, like, trails that you can take into it from Efteling. Um, and it, like, there's there's actually a whole bunch of stuff from, like, World War One. They like, craters, and um, there's a bunch of trails, there's sand dunes. So it, it is a very natural place, because it's, you know, right, in, like, in between this town and, you know, an actual national park and a, a forest, and uh, the town nearby, which is Katshuvel, is is a really cute town. We actually end up eating dinner there at a place called De Provierge. I don't speak Dutch, so I can't really. I'm not good at it, but You're we had a fantastic meal. Yeah, we had a really really good meal there. Um, the uh, the waiter was fantastic. They actually had one English menu. That he had personally translated himself, so we we were able to use that. <laughs> That's awesome. But they had you know vegetarian options. They had I had wild boar, which was really really well done. Really great soups. I mean, fantastic Dutch restaurant. Um, and then we also stopped in a nearby town, which is uh, Serhertgenbosch or Serhertgenbosch. It's a it's a walled city about 20 minutes or so away from the park and you know you can you can head in there you can walk through the city walls there's a very large cathedral which we went to we had lunch downtown uh it's a very nice downtown very upscale um totally cool to check out and you know if you want like i want deeply european things like that's incredibly european so Got to do that, um, but yeah, Efteling was fantastic. I have no complaints about it. Saturday was there was really busy. We would have liked to have gone on more rides before we left, but like the line for Symbolica was about two hours, and <laughs> the coasters were all you know not open basically. So in that situation, we had gotten on um, we had gotten on a couple things you know early on. We went and did, for instance. Uh, Dreamflight, Dreamflucked that morning again, and I think we got on Volgorock too, and we were like, okay, I guess we're done. Like, we'll go other places. Um, stopped in Amsterdam that evening on Saturday evening before we flew home. My wife had not spent any time in Amsterdam. My mother-in-law had spent a little bit of time there, uh, so we had to take the train in from the airport where we were staying. We're staying at the Sheraton, and you know, it's a very short trip in from. Skipple to downtown. It's like a 15-minute trip. It was a little bit of a delay because there were some issues with the track, but it still takes like 20, 25 minutes at most. 
drops you off right in downtown. From there, we took a ferry across the water, and that brought us over to This Is Holland. Um, oh, the Flying Theater. The th- yeah, the Flying Theater. So we got to do that. Um, it looks to be the same exact system, I believe, and I could be wrong, but it looks basically identical to what is in uh, Mall of America. And I'm fine with that. Like, it was good. There's a, there's like four pre-shows, and then there's a ride itself, which is about a nine-minute ride. Um, same sort of thing. Lots of, you know, aerial footage, some CGI mixed in that is a little cheesy, but at this point, they all seem to do the same thing. Like, they all have cheesy CGI that's inescapable. Uh, it's not any better or worse in that, in that sense than Soren Over the World. But, you know, personally, I, I like the idea that it's specific just to Holland. <laughs> it gives you a real sense of, of different stuff in the country, and, and, you know, it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, then we went back into downtown. My wife wanted to go to the Hard Rock, which ended up having an hour and a half wait to eat at. So we skipped that, and we went to Wagamama next door. And then we walked back up, you know, going through the canal areas. And uh, naturally, I did the, you know, the right and just thing, which is take my wife and mother-in-law through the red light district. And um, But interestingly, now, like, in retrospect, they're like, oh, man, that was fascinating. Yeah. It was terrible, but it was fascinating. <laughs> so I, I think they're glad that they did that. And... Um, yeah, it was it was cool that we got back, uh, you know, you know, took the the train back to the hotel, and uh, I got drunk in the hotel bar or the hotel lounge for free, and went to bed, and then we flew home the next day, and that was pretty much it. So you know, it's a short trip. Um, it's the first time I've ever done a long weekend to Europe. I feel comfortable in saying that I could do it again, under the the right circumstances. Um. Efteling is is totally a justifiable reason to do it. It's it's probably you know, my wife likes to say that she has like a favorite seven. There's no number one park because you know like nobody really wants to sit there and compare Knobles to Efteling, right? Like they're very different things. No, but um, yeah, I was able to just compare the you know the major the, you know the top four. That I went yeah, the to. top European parks. Yeah, me, or, you know the the big ones that people think about, but like to compare the American parks, that's even easier, harder, and then top them. Yeah, it's, it's it's a whole thing, and who cares? Like it's yeah, these it's are really the best matter. parks that you want to go to. So for me, like Fantasia won out a little bit, but like still, my memories of Fantasia and Efteling are the the best I had. And, and, and I have then, to show you this real quick. First of all. As I was telling about the shirt earlier, so there's the front of it. You know, this thing. I'm wearing this Nebraska 2000 Fiesta Bowl shirt. That on the back of it has Quasi Amusement Parks printed on it for some ungodly reason. I don't know why. So where did you get it? At Quasi. So this is my my prize. I know. My long neck Christmas sweater. I was tempted to ask you to bring one back, but then you told me how much it was. I was like, I don't need it that much. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Plus, my major souvenir. 
Plus, everyone would be like, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to wear it to work tomorrow. Um, oh, God. I might as well. It seems like a good day. So, you know, we've said it before, and it, it we could sit here and talk about Efteling endlessly and talk about all the little details and all the little things that make it great. Um, I mean, there's just so much to it that's so good. Like, Spooks a lot is great. Um. I wouldn't, Their carousel uh, is just... I don't know what you think about great. I just think it's just really weird and different and intriguing, but I wouldn't, like... This one, I don't like... That's one of, the, one of the top things I think about. But it, it's all... It all makes... F, it, it's all part of what makes Efteling Efteling. So that's... Yeah. that's but... Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't... You really like that thing. No, <laughs> oh, Spooks Life's great. Like, it's, it's like a gigantic, weird, spooky version of, like... Every every one of those storybook parks that has those like scenes that you like press a button, yeah, and it does exactly. that. It's that on like a massive scale. And I uh, I walked into I thought it was a haunted house at Charlie, but I thought it was a dark ride. And then when we walk in, I was just like, what what, what have I what have I just what have I walked <laughs> into right now? It's like they're like they're, once you figure out the history of it too, where it was like the first thing that they expanded outside of that um, storybook forest. Yeah. Then it, like, there's a little bit more of appeal to, to me. But, I, you know, and the stuff in the forest, like uh, the Indian water lilies and um, Little Match Girl. Uh, I always enjoy seeing the Emperor's New Clothes. It's just such a ridiculous thing to see, like, an animatronic series of. As, like, there's all these shrubs that just cover oh, right yes. above, like, you know, basically the, the crotchal zone. And you do eventually see the the kings uh, behind as he passes through the gate on the other side. Um, that's towards the that's towards like the end of it if you're going um, clockwise. You're right? going like the traditional route through, yeah. Yeah, from the entrance towards um, entrance near Drevlock. Drevlock, yes. yeah. Uh, Ravelin oh, yeah. or Dravel, the 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 dark ride, the, oh, the suspended oh, oh, oh. one, yeah. that yeah, entrance. Dreamworks. But um, yeah. Too. So by the end of that, I was probably rushing through it a little bit. So those large those large scenes, I yeah. As I, I said, I I did everything I wanted to do, but at the same time, like I got like three hours left, and I started panicking. <laughs> I was just like, oh no. <laughs> It's only three hours left. There's so much I still want to do. So there's so many little things, like even just like finding trash cans to throw trash into. Oh yeah, of course. Like that was like half the thing. Like I just like I'd always like take any trash that I had. I'd just keep it with me because I didn't want to just like I see you just, occasionally you just see people just like take park baths and just be like I just want to do this for fun. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's I feel like that's a little crappy, but <laughs> <laughs> or so, like. like um... Oh no! I think what I did, I did the day I checked it out. I actually, because I had a you know a trash bag in my yeah. rental car, because I only stayed one day, one night, and I just was like, oh, all this stuff in my trash, I'm just gonna bring it with me so I can just throw it away and have fun. Also, get some enjoyment out of it. Like it's it's an experience yeah. just to throw away trash in Eftelin. What do we, what do they exactly say to you though? Do we do you have any? Usually, idea? it's like thank you. Okay. You know, like Donka, Donka. Okay, like I didn't know if like, they were like saying like big scenes or like or just being, yeah, like weird, you know, Dutch humor or like that. Well, yeah, there's that. some Dutch humor to it. I mean, like 
the one that's over by the Efteling Hotel entrance is a hippo in a bathtub, you know? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's such um, a weird entrance, by the way. <laughs> it is. And then, like, then there's the one that's backed by, like, a python that's, like, a cannon. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, if there's, like, a cannon, and then if you put the, the trash in the cannon, it fires. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant a hotel entrance. I'm like... Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Like, the, the entrance for Python, way in, way in the back. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, like, their ATM enclosures, like, freaking amazing. <laughs> there's just, there's some, like, like, just for an example, when you're back by Python, then there's, like, that food court area that's enclosed with the train station mm-hmm, that also yeah. has um, uh, one of those, like, animated uh, things, what do they call those? Like, there's the Toy Story one that was at California Adventure Forever. Um, where they use like a strobe light to create movement on a spinning item. Okay. Oh, God, what is that called? Um, oh, I need to look it up here. But <laughs> um, so there's this like there's like an auto map back there too. Zoetrope, that's what they have. There's a zoetrope back there, and then an auto mat. Where you know, you, and I'm assuming you saw the automat at some point, right? I think. Like where you put coins in, and then you get food. Oh yes, like yes, a... that's what those are called. Yes, yes, the self-ending uh, ovens. <laughs> yes, the, the self- cheese snacks. The... Oh yeah, the cheese yes. snacks are where it's at for sure. I should have been more. Um, that was that was right. I got a lot more brave with like being like, eh, that looks good. I'll try it. Whatever. When I got into Germany, that's when I started getting brave about like, oh, that looks good, and I just kind of would be like, point, like politely to be like that one. That one. <laughs> uh, but before there's, there's I was a few still... things that I... so I should have tried uh, more things. Yeah, I I do I would suggest to people that are going there, um, to stay away from the ragu snack. It was not my favorite thing. Okay. It's like a meat cream. Thing inside of a the like, mincemeat one, breaded. yeah, kind of, but yeah, but it's like the, the word mincemeat scared me away. Just like, I don't, that doesn't sound enticing, <laughs> but it was like, it was like the ragu, and I was like, I, I don't know what that is, but it's kind of like a stew inside of a like a roll. Well, the good thing is, you only was, drop what is it? It's like a euro or two, right? Like two euros or like two fifty. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not a big deal. Like stuff there's super cheap, anyways. I mean, a beer is like two seventy. <laughs> like you're paying three bucks for a beer. Who cares? Even even the stuff in the room, like from the the room service like bar. Like okay. first of all, they give you they gave us a bunch of free hard candy and a thing of like like marshmallow with almonds embedded in it that was like a pound wow and those cool. just free and then like yeah, sodas are that. like one euro i don't think and i had like a bar in mind too. so uh but th- that's that's where i had a room service for the first time in my adult life and i, I, I ended up seeing how much it was afterwards after the conversion i was like well you know that's what happens when you've had a really amazing day yeah exactly <laughs> When you've been saved from Bobby Wantland. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was kind of the Efteling trip, and you know that's really the only park trip that I've done um, since October. And there were there were no new credits, there were no new dark rides. Really, it was just did it because I wanted to, and uh, but it was fantastic. And 
Yeah. I, I wouldn't be that. Um, I, I'd go with just, just like one new thing, but like I'd need like at least one yeah. new thing. But I wouldn't mind doing weekend trips to like, well, like when fly opens. Like, man, that's gonna be a ride. That's gonna be something. Plus, I'm worried about Temple of Nighthawk and getting my credit on that thing or whatever it is. If they keep it crazy fast for a while, or who knows? But that 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 section of park feels like that's the next place to be redid. Yeah. yeah so. But it seems like they probably spent a lot. Of, well, they spent a lot of money on T- Terran and Clifford, so who knows? Like they might get into it as soon as like because, like that area, they started work on that uh, uh, like almost immediately after they finished Klukheim, didn't they? I think so. Yeah, it wasn't much time afterwards. So. Yeah, it was. It was a pretty short period of time. So. I don't know. They might they might keep it around. I liked the, the the movie ride. That was just bad, but good bad. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's terrible, but it's great. Like yeah, it's horrendous but wonderful. I, I'm sure I mentioned it when we talked about it, but I, I I the the one in the China section, I I hated that one way more because it was old and it was kind of not that interesting, but it, it had nothing. It wasn't relatable to me. The 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 movie ride was so it was just like. Oh my God! You could see where they were trying to, you could see what they were trying to copy. But man, they didn't have a lot of money back then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, talking about a movie park, shall we? Uh, yes. Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, uh, obviously, we, if you want to go back a few podcasts, I talked all about the experience of Rise of the Resistance and my experience on opening day, but. I also went to the park for the first time in 19 years, so a little bit to talk about, right? Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, admittedly, there's only like six rides, but, you know, you, you know, there is, there is, but there's also a lot of other things to do. Like, It's a um, show park, is what yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, and I've become more of a show park person, so, or at least when I'm down in Orlando, I'm okay with that. Usually, like, I didn't do many shows in Europe, but I think I... I did nighttime shows. That was about it. But because I didn't want to dedicate to, like an hour to a show. So yeah, there's that. Um, when the park days are eight hours long. And you have no idea what the language is. So yeah, that, that also hurts a little either. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, sh- I mean, the only things I saw is I saw a tiger show and a bubble show at uh, Park St. Paul. But uh, you didn't need much of a translation there. It was hilarious. Um, but, uh, you know, Toy Story Land, our first time there. Um, have you been there yet? I have. Yeah, I went back in uh, February, was it? Or March? So, one of the honestly, I can compare this to their mini Toy Story Land at Paris pretty well because I was mm-hmm. there a few months ago. And, I mean, thematically, they're they're identical, really. Um as far as all the little doodads and extra touches and all the, the stuff that's plopped down to make it feel like you're in Andy's backyard. and mm-hmm. But it, it's just, just so much uh, fl- more flushed out and high quality. Uh, you know, you have a paratrooper ride, a U-shaped coaster, and a, the world's slowest Himalaya in Paris. Um, <laughs> none that are all that uh, interesting. Um, but here you have Toy Story Midway Mayhem, or Mania. And uh, I got to say, man, first of all, I didn't realize that that opened a month before uh, California's. I thought it opened a few years after California's. So 
Nope. And that queue is so much better. California's queue is lame. Oh my god. There like there is none. Well, well they, they changed the... it. They changed oh. it dramatically from when it opened. I mean, remember they added a third track. No, Florida. I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about California though. California like the only real theming in that queue is Mr. Potato Head. That's it. No, that's but that's switchback. I mean, that's what that's what Florida's basically was. Oh, it was that bad? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, but no. Ariel told us when we merged over into the original line, or she thinks she merged over the middle line, and there was still a bunch of stuff compared to what California had. So, no. Are you sure? It's kind was of like you went down an alleyway. To was get it into just it. the room with Mr. Potato Head, basically? As far as like real theming, I mean, that and you know, they painted the room to look like operation and stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't some sort of spectacular. Regardless, it's day. much better now. It's uh, it's a very enjoyable yeah. queue. Yeah, that's quality. It's good. Um, and, and the ride itself, I've I enjoy it. Right, like it's um, I think I've said this on Twitter before. There are a lot of people that seem to dislike it, uh, because it's really simplistic, and it is, but. That's the genius of it. Like, yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, I think it's it doesn't blow me away. No, it's not great. Other than like, the, it's not as good as Mouse of Chocolate, but you know, no, that's where I was is, getting to. <laughs> it's you know what it is. It's yeah. a ride. It's a ride that like a four year old can do. Yeah, and, there's the thing. Yeah, um, you know that's. It's a four like a four year old can do it and a ninety four year old can do it, and you might, the ninety four year old uh, might have arthritis if they don't already have it by the time they're done with it. But there you go. <laughs> they may have to be more um, concerned in what they target. But you know that's that's kind of what Disney's thing is, and I think it it really fulfills that desire uh, in in their fan base. And you know for the it's ultra. A shame that mega immersive type people it's never going to work but that's not that's not everyone that goes to disney so um it's the same that they haven't um, it's the same they haven't switched up the scenes or done holiday specials or whatever it's just it's it seems like a no brainer to me there uh yeah they added they added something with um whatever that bear's name is from like the third toy story Oh, and then that was the last okay. thing they did, and that was like ten years ago. So well, it opened ten years ago, or it was five years ago, or eight years ago, right. whatever the last time they updated it was. It'll never happen. It's it's a yeah. Wii game. It's a Wii game. I with know. Cars. Yeah, I know. So yeah, that's fun. Um, and Slinky Dog is, uh, you know, it's just a really fun ride. It's it's cute. It still has a little bit of it still has a little bit of that thrilling element to it. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it's it's actually it's more intense than I was expecting it to be. It was fine. It was fun. Um, it's good. I don't hate it. I like it. It's fun. Really pretty um, at night. Like really pretty at night. I think they did a good job in theming it. Um, and I think it's good to you know it, one thing that to me it is important to keep in mind with that ride. It's not a D ticket. It, it is a D ticket or C ticket type ride. Like it's. It is for that park, you know, what um, 
what a ride like Barnstormer is for Magic Kingdom. You know, like it's not it's not like the crowd stopper, like the anchor attraction for the park. It's none of those things. It's just it's a good solid ride. It doesn't have a it doesn't have a height restriction, I don't think. Um which does prevent it from doing like anything too wild airtime wise, but it's fine. It has a height restriction. It does? I thought it had none. Oh, it, it certainly does. I have, to, I have to look this up now. Um, slinky Dog. Slinky Dog Dash. RCDB, pull through for me, buddy. You're right, it does have right. a 38-inch height restriction. I'm wrong? I am wrong. Yeah. Which is the same as Oscar's Wacky Taxi. Which is wilder. So, yeah. in that case, I, I, I take everything I can agree. I disagree with you. I, I think it is a... a, a, a a keystone of the park. I mean, it's. I think it's one of the most popular rides there. Well, the lines say it is. So, <laughs> I, I'm I just going to point out that wonderful addition. When, when you are when you are fundamentally like one seventh of all the rides in the park, you know, like every every ride there that's not um, Alien Swirling Saucers is a significant ride. All of them. Like Star Tours, Millennium Falcon, obviously Rise of the Resistance, obviously Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster. Like there's not there's not a lot of like B ticket or C ticket attractions in that park ride wise. Um, no, it's it's that's the problem with it. It's, it doesn't have enough filler. It, yeah, it definitely does not. Wait, wait, like, I mean, you could say that like Swirling Swirling Saucer. That should be a thing that you should be able to ride easily without a wait. Um, I would never wait for it. No, that's for sure. I, I think we we fast passed it, and uh, it was fun. They had like holiday music going on it, and the music's really fun, and it's a fun ride. I'd love to see another one somewhere else with that ride system, but run a little bit faster. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, it's, it's the problem with that park. It's they need to. I mean, but it's a movie park. If you put like the, if you put like spinning rides in it, like. I feel that that's more of a travesty than putting IPs into Epcot. No, I disagree. Okay. Like, <laughs> do you do you ever? Let me ask you a question. Sure. You go to Universal Studios Orlando, right? Sure. Do you ever walk over to the Simpsons area and think, "Wow, I hate the flat ride." True, but I. I also think that like the 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 Aladdin flying carpet ride looks really stupid at Walt Disney Studios. Yeah, it totally does. I agree. But like well that that and that's the only that's like one of the two flat rides they ever build. <laughs> Those fucking rides. <laughs> yeah. Like it's always like they getting a thing with a stick that goes up and down. Like that's yeah. in a in a circular motion. Like that's you know, Dumbo um, Zimperl Aladdin like how many rides do you have to build like that good god yeah Zimperl like, is like another one guys really another one <laughs> like do you want to like off a Tilt-A-Whirl or something I mean but that's the thing like they could have built they could build a bunch of flat rides that would be like fun minor attractions that would like they wouldn't draw people necessarily to where like it would cause a crush of people to show up to be like, oh my god, we have to ride the parachute tower or whatever. I think uh, 
Disney's California Adventure is kind of done it a little better in that aspect. But they got I mean, they, they always had that more with like a Bugs Land. Yeah, that and... was fantastic. I thought that I Bugs Land it. was nice. Yeah. Um, I understand why I got rid of it, but like... There's, there's a core of the people that I think exist in like the creative area that are very similar to the people that are like the super fans online that hate flat rides. They just don't like them because they're not they're not immersive enough. But there's they're, lots they're of very... arguments here though, because some people that spend all this money on their, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollar once in a lifetime trip get upset if they see the same ride that they can ride at Six Flags. Just you know, themed up differently. So yeah, I, but I don't, they don't it, know. Well, some do, but some don't. It, I don't know. It's regardless. There is a problem with that park. <laughs> they, but there, you, but there are also a lot of filler shows though. At the same time, there are. I mean, which is which is fine. And and I'm not saying that. But like, if you go there and you want to go on rides, and you've been there like somewhat frequently, like you haven't been no, there it's in nineteen half-day years. Park. So, like, for you, it's like, okay, like, you could go see Indiana Jones, Stone Spectacular, and it might be new to you, and Beauty and the Beast, and it might be new to you, and, um, what's the nighttime show there called? Um, Illumination. Fantasmic. Or Fantasmic. Illumination. Fantasmic. Smoking. (laughs) So, like, you could go those things and they might be new to you, but, like... For me, as someone who's been there, you know, many, many times... Well, they were new to me. <laughs> they were new to you, but they're not, like, I, you know, Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular has been there since the park opened in 1989. Yeah, that wasn't new to me. I remember that one, I remember Muppets, and I love Muppets, but Indiana, we that we used that for our, because, you know, our 22-hour day, that, that was our yeah. nap, that was our nap time. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the boulder, and then I saw the plane explode. That was pretty much it. <laughs> So let's um, let's get back. Let, let's talk about the shows real quick. Um, yeah, yeah, we saw um, Indiana Jones, and you know that's a good thing. I wish they would do a refresh or update it, add some newer things that just kind of amazed you a little bit more. But people love it, and it's a it's a huge people. You know, it's a huge theater, so it's good that it's there. Um, Muppets, I love. Like that. That's a good 3D show. What do you think of it? I think it's uh, and just the fact that it there's the animatronics on, on the stage, the two old grumpy men up on the the on the uh, balcony, and then the 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 the, 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 the Swedish <laughs> chef. Oh my god! And then just how like the whole theater has all the effects, like it destroys it. Like I I, I remembered the 3D effects because I I, I finally actually remembered. Uh, I finally figured out when I went to Disney World when I was little. I went in uh 1992. Because uh, Muppet Vision opened in May, and I know I probably went in March, so uh, I finally figured that out. So, um, but yeah, and the Muppets are just fun. So, I I love Muppets. I love Muppet Vision. Um, but I also kind of look at the show and I'm like, how long can you show the same 3D show? Yeah, that's also of the, the quality of it. Thing that's also the thing. I'm glad that I got to see it again and kind of relive those memories. Um, and I I would be okay doing it probably one more time on another trip. Past that, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna move on a little bit. I I mean but, I've always enjoyed it, and I I don't want it to necessarily go away. But the last nah. time I was there, like it was not a full house. 
And, you know, this was a park the last time I was there. Like, they had just opened up, you know, the Toy Story area, but that meant it had, like, five rides. You know, yeah, like... and it, it wasn't a full house when we were there, and this was, like, you know, 10 a.m., Rise of the yeah, Resistance with, opening day. With the hardcore, the most hardcore of the hardcore nerds that could go and love Muppet Vision and probably say every single line, but they don't care to, because they've seen it. You know, ten thousand yeah, times. Yeah, and there's plenty of things that they could do. They could, you know, just keep it Muppets and, you know, create a new show. But yeah, there's a lot of options, and it's you know, still better than Shrek. Everything's <laughs> better than Shrek. That is the lowest bar. I know. No, Fast and the Furious is the lowest bar. <laughs> I will. I will have to wait until I actually do that attraction you have to do it though because you got to be able to personally shit on it you can't shit on something until you've done it or or shit on it to a certain level where it's like a diarrhea shit (laughs) i need to know yeah 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 you know i need like i need to know regardless of how good or bad it is but moving on um then we uh show wise we saw um we briefly went into one man stream and the artifacts in there are really cool. We didn't see the uh, the video that they show you because I probably should just watch it on the internet. But um, then we saw Fantasmic, and uh, it's a fun show. Um, it's a really fun show. And, uh, man, we were seated to the far, far right, and we were trying to do, like, show after show at this point. And, man, was I happy we were on the far right because if you're on the far left, that, 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 that like – narrow pathways out of there it seems like it could be a complete nightmare getting out of there but uh beyond that uh it's a fun show i you know it, the music is beautiful the effects they have of mickey and all that stuff i've never seen it i know it's like it debuted in 21 years ago but um and you can tell when it was from because it's like all the uh 90s hit a lot of the 90 hit uh animated films are in there there's like i don't think there's is there even? I don't think there's even any Pixar in it. But, I think there's either. Could be wrong, but but uh, yeah, it's a fun show. And then the the whole with the steamboat coming out and with all the costume characters on that's a fantastic fantastic finale. And with the the whole fire, the whole river catching on fire, I had no idea all that had happened. I'm, I've seen clips and bits of it over years, but um. I I think the water screens, I don't know. I'm not a fan of water screens, or at least water screens from that era. Or, or, I don't know. They just don't look that, they looked really dark to me. Um, And they were, like, unfilmable. That was was for sure. Uh, But, I don't know. It's fun. I think it could use a refresh. But I, I think it was better than Illuminations. So, there we go. Um, they have a projection show that goes on. I don't know when it, especially when exactly it goes on. I think it, it might run just like, I'm not sure when it runs, but it was a bunch of the Pixar, um, characters on the Chinese theater in that little plaza area. Mm-hmm. Um, we just kind of ran into that. We were just going from night show to night show and it happened to be right before jingle bells, jingle bam. <laughs> and, uh, it was a fun little show with really good projection stuff. Uh, not all of it. You know, it was. It seemed like they actually had. Uh, they thought out all the projections, so it wasn't just purely just like Pixar films. Um, 
projected onto the the Chinese theater. Um, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bam. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. We made it about halfway through, and I'm like Ariel. I'm like, you know, we, if we leave now, we probably can get a Slinky Dog and a Smuggler. <laughs> what do you want to do? And she's like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we. Uh, it's okay. Um, I'm just. I, I think it is. Uh, I'm just not really that into fireworks shows. And I'll say it once. I'll say it again. After seeing Laurent, <laughs> the International Fire Fireworks Competition, World Fire. That, that that's just the most impressive thing I've seen, and it Disney just likes to really like surround you in it. But I don't know, Ron just with that that fireworks competition, it just felt like they did really cool things with fireworks I'd never seen before, and uh, it's 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 oddly the high bar for me at this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and. Um, Tower of Terror. Uh, two things to about Tower of Terror. The nighttime show they do in the holidays, really fun. They're not. It's not really a show. It's kind of just a walk-by passive experience. Um, it really feels like a response to what Universal did the year before with, you know, the nighttime castle show. Like, mm-hmm. it. it's kind of a weird coincidence that they debuted it a year afterwards. So, um but it's nice. I mean, it's a huge canvas. Why not do something with it? It's pretty, and it's fun. Um, Tower of Terror. Like, I was really excited to get back on this. Stretch after being kind of disappointed with Paris. And, like, it just... I mean, I knew it. I knew that it blows it away in so many ways. But I didn't realize... It's like, the drops themselves are just so much more intense. Like, like you, if you watch my video... I had to plug it eventually, right? On mm-hmm. the YouTube channel, Coaster Spotting on YouTube, uh, like you hear me audibly go, ow, because like you get slammed down into your seat, like not gently. It's, 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 uh, I mean, it's not painful, but it was just like, I wasn't expecting that. So mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And just the, the extra rooms, it's it just, it's not that, I don't think like anything really impresses me in there anymore. Sure, back in 95, sure, of course. But, on the day of Rise of the Resistance opening, <laughs> not as much. Um, but it just feels like a more complete experience. What it was meant to be, what it was, you know, you know, it, this is what this was meant to be. And right. it, it just feels more. And it's not just more about just the fact that the, the vehicles can move in and out of different shafts and are, you know, trackless vehicles and all that stuff. It's just that it just feels like a more complete story. Um, and... That's about all I have to say about that. Um, interesting fact, though, Alan. Um, uh, one of my YouTube comment or YouTube, uh, the what do you call them? Uh, watchers. There you go. Yes. Uh, commented to say that uh, late in September, so a few month, few weeks after I visited, they have now made each different shaft a little bit of a different experience in Paris. I don't know how, but he's saying that there's a different narrative or something like that. So that's something I'm going to have to look into or, you know, experience at some point. So uh, that's actually a really good idea. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, it definitely, do you agree with me with the intensity, though, the drops? Do you feel like they toned it down for the uh, the sequels? I think they're probably similar. 
I think that for me, it just kind of feels like the the drops are short. Yeah. I, I mean, like I know that they kind of have to be because the whole building, you know, the, the shafts themselves are what thirteen stories, so something like that. Yeah. The, the drops are very rarely more than like seven or eight. I think. Yeah, people think it's 200 feet tall because, you know, the the story of it's 199 feet because Disney doesn't want to put a red light on top, so people automatically think they're dropping 200 feet. <laughs> yeah, they do not. No, not they even do close. not. So, um, but no, like, I thought I'd ride it once, and we got off of it right away. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we're doing that again. So, and I didn't feel that way in Paris at all. I was like, okay, I'll do that in, you know, three weeks when I come back again. <laughs> but there's that uh, rock and roller coaster fun way smoother than Paris like Paris got rough and uh, I'm hoping like it, it seems logical that they would switch over to vests with the Avengers uh, refurb because <laughs> like I mean come on Disney you're Disney can you you can't you can't afford four new trains come on yeah you can <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's funner. It's funner than the one in Paris. It's not hard to be. Uh, the, the volume was very, very low, like, like barely audible. Like, have you, have you experienced that or did I just have it on a bad day? I'm trying to remember what happened on my ride earlier this year. Cause I did ride it when I was there in March or February, whatever it was. And I recall it being kind of low or crackly. Um, it was it was clear. It was just like like I mean I'll just put it to, this way. I didn't have to worry about any copyright claims on my video. It was that <laughs> quiet. Oh, but guess what? Did copyright claim? I put too much of the pre-show of Tower of Terror, and I got a copyright claim on it. Not a strike, just a claim. But I was like, really? That? <laughs> I'm worried about all the Disney music, and, and that's what got me. It was the same thing with getting a copyright copyright claim going through the Rob Zombie Scare Zone at Universal. I was like, really? <laughs> I, I, do, I, I do tend to think that Rock and Roller Coaster is a better ride than perhaps it gets credit for. I, I think um, it is. I think it's 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 fun ride. I don't. The premier spaghetti spaghetti bowls are better, and I think uh, Express Platform Thirteen is a way better uh, queue experience with the Funhouse kind of creepy Funhouse psychedelic experience at Wallaby Holland. But uh, it's a fun ride. It's fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Oh, yeah. uh, talking about shows, I saw the uh, Lightning Queen Racing Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, it's a car animatronic of uh, Lightning McQueen, uh, projection mapped mouth, which is pretty well hidden. It's the color is a little bit off. I wish I feel like they should get that a little bit better with that. Like, or if it does, it just does it get out of sync after a while. But like, it's it's pretty obvious the part where they're projecting. And because it's like slightly, I don't know, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's a fun, cute little show. Um, felt a little weird being in there, but not like if we were like, like not like Disney Junior weird. Just like, you know, it was fine. Um, kind of circle vision type of deal too, going all with you with uh, screens pretty much um, circling completely with the the pre-show and just interaction with. Uh, 
Lightning McQueen and the show and like Mater and all that stuff. It was fun. It was cute. And, you know, we just got off a rock and roller coaster and they were letting in. And we're like, okay, let's go do that. So, <laughs> um, what else is there? There's some other rides, right? No, we can't be done yet. Oh my God. Uh, we are. Yeah, we're pretty much there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't but, get to talk about Smuggler's Run at all. Oh, Star Tours. Yeah. Um, so I did a poll what people think is better, Star Tours or Millennium. And at first it was like 90 or 80, 90 to Star Tours. And I was like, oh my God, you people are crazy. And then it, 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 it leveled out to a bit like, I think it was like 40, 60, but still in favor of Star Tours. Um, I enjoyed my Star Tours uh, better than Paris. Uh, it, probably just being English helped me enjoy it a lot more. And I never got Jar Jar Banks. So that that's good. <laughs> um, no, it's fun. I, I think I appreciate it a lot more than I did before. I, I have probably unfairly crapped on it a little bit. I mean, it is just a motion simulator, um, but it is really cool how they keep on adding scenes. And I'll be honest with you, like, it kind of made me want to be like, we did it a second time. So I think that talks, I think that's, I mean, that's the proof right there. I, I, I wanted mm. to see different scenes. Somehow we got the same scene twice, though. I was like, really? You have all these new scenes, and I somehow get the same scenes twice? Really? But, no, it's it's cute. It's fun. I like Millennium Falcon. For now. It's my ghost run. For now. The experience is really cool. Um, just walking into the Millennium Falcon and, you know, getting your picture at the, the table with the holographic chest was, you know, that's just a really cool experience. It really, really touches you at the, the fandom. It really does. It really hits all those points. Um, I really had a fun time in Galaxy's Edge. I think it's really good. I think it's better than uh, Pandora and everything else at Disney. It's my favorite area in Disney. Um, I feel like it needs more atmosphere. Um, but getting back to oh, and and the cantina is really fun with DJ Rex. That little animatronic, the DJ, oh, that thing's fun. It's that's fun, and, you know. But it was like a really expensive, fun experience to have to do that. It was one of those, you know, DLC. You know, if you want to relate to video games, it's one of those, those DLC experiences where you know we just went in and I got a beer and she got a weird dessert, and it was uh, with tip. It was like twenty six dollars for like yes. staying there for like <laughs> less than half an hour. So it was fun, but if, when we go back next time, are we going to do that? Hell no. We'll probably eat at one of the other places and actually have a real meal. But I don't know. I just wish you could observe some of the other experiences and not actually have to spend $200 to do them. Um, I, I just don't know how much staying power the land has for me. Like, I don't know... I'll always enjoy it, but I don't know if it will always give me that feeling that I get when I walk into Harry Potter's, the Harry Potter's. I, I'll never go away. It, it just will never go away. It still hasn't. Like, you know, I've been going to Universal on a regular basis for four years now, and it hasn't gone away. Like, every time I walk in there, it's just like, wow. Um, I don't know how that's going to work with Disney, with, with Dallas's Edge. Um, now, getting back to Falcon, um, we had fun. I, I think it wouldn't have been really dumb if I was totally alone. Really dumb. 
And I don't think I ever want to do single rider because I really like experiencing with Ariel and just us working together, especially because our first ride, fortunately, we got both pilot seats. So we really able to, uh, you know, team up and, and do things. And um, the pilot's fun. I mean, it's kind of giving you an illusion that you're in control because it's obviously on rails with a little bit of freedom left to right up and down. And all the other positions are, you know, gunner is mindless. All you have to do is mash a button. It's, it's mindless as can be. Like, if I want to do that, I'll just pull up some kind of freaking video game or, or I'll pull up an achievement that requires me to kill somebody 500 times and mash a button forever. <laughs> I don't need to go to Disney to do that. Um, engineers, it's kind of fun, but it's a novelty in the same way that Mission Space is. Uh, that's the Mission Space element there, easily. Um, I feel like it could be done better. But I also feel like if they wanted to, that they could improve on the experience. And another thing is, if they don't start adding different smuggling missions, this thing's a fail. It is... It should have, I, I, it doesn't need it now. It's fine now. It's new. It's shiny. You don't need multiple experiences. Why would you do that now? It, that would be stupid. I wouldn't do that. If I had the decision to do that, I'd wait. When people have come and are saying, okay, we've done it. You know, you introduce new things later on. And I'm just hoping they do that. They don't have it become stale like Toy Story is with Midway Mayhem or Midway Mania where it hasn't changed any when it could have. Um, it's just a fun experience though. The whole experience though is a lot of fun I will say. And uh, then you know, the other things that I really like is um, I really enjoyed using the Disney Play app and interacting with the land and like hacking things and doing missions and all that stuff. I, some people call that stupid, like just like whatever it's, whatever some stupid thing you can do on your cell phone. I thought it was really cool. I just think that's a really cool use of technology. Like I'm hacking things and then the the big building next to me that's like, you know, 50, 60 feet tall, the, it released steam on top of it or beeped and booped and stuff like that. And I completely embarrassed Ariel because the first time I did, we were about to go into Ogo's Cantina, and I was like to the uh, the the attendant, like, "Oh my God, I just hacked that!" And she just gave me the look. I actually got her to break character because she was just like, "Okay, is this guy? Is do do we need to call security on this guy? Is, is this okay?" <laughs> it was just that experience of like, "Oh my God, I did that!" And then I I, I hacked too many times, so then I was trying, to, I was hacking one of the spaceships. And it, it and it said it basically said to the point where like, oh uh, yeah we, we we know we know you're up to something stop doing this like and I was just like we gotta go we gotta go like let's get out of here they're onto me it, it's just that was actually really cool I thought that actually did add something to it um, and it's free you don't have to buy a sixty dollar wand not that I'm complaining about the sixty dollar wand because. Heck, I have the same wand, and the tip is broken like six, six or seven times, and they just keep replacing it for me. <laughs> but um, it, it's just cool uses of experience, and like you know, it, I'm building a profile. I could go back, and my 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 progress is still there uh, two years later. Um, 
that stuff really intrigues me. I, 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 I'd like to see more of that. That definitely. Um, it wouldn't work in Harry Potter because of the. There's no real like technology in Harry Potter. It's all magic, obviously. So that wouldn't work there. Uh, but it could work in Nintendo Land easily. Like, fuck yeah. I think like, that's. I think that's like an intent that they have for it. I. I mean, I. I have my opinions about this stuff, and I think like. It's not that I think it's a terrible idea. I just don't know that... Like, these are things that they can't replace a ride, is the way I would put it. Like, it, it's cool for a, a group of people, but it's not... It doesn't push through 10,000 people in a day, if that makes oh, sense. Falcon, you're saying. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, like, I mean, like these, like the 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 cell phone stuff, and I think that, like, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, it's kind of the same thing with like people being like, well, there's no shows, but they have these personal interactions, and that's better. Well, yeah, it's it's better if you're the person that's personally interacting with the character. But I, I think it should have shows. I didn't I didn't mind it at this point because we were just we were trying to do so much and take so much in at that point that we didn't need that. This visit, yeah, I don't, but, I don't want to be, I don't want to be hypercritical of it either because I haven't been to see it yet. Yeah, I know. We're just talking. You know, I just, I don't, you know, so I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to like spit out like an opinion like this is how I feel about it because I don't really, I don't know how exactly I feel about it. My sense yeah, is that you know, so well um, informed though, but yeah, my yeah. my sense is that I'm gonna really like Rise of the Resistance. Oh, I mean, I. <sighs> I didn't know how I felt about that ride until I wrote Harry Potter, the both Harry Potters, the, you know, two days later. Mm. And then I got off of them and I was like, yep, Disney did it. Yep. These feel slightly outdated now. Slightly. Slightly outdated. Um, I'll be very interested to write it. I'm, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how it it ends up basically faring over the long run. And I've said that many times, where it's like, will people always look at the full experience as being the experience, or are people going to be like, you know, can we just get to, like, the trackless part? I, I think, I mean, we already mentioned this, but, like, I, I think parts of it, yeah, you're going to want to skip. Like, I don't, the hologram scene, like, some people were really impressed by the hologram scene with BB-8, and yeah, it's cool, it's fun, it's whatever, but I don't know. To me, that was like, yeah, it's a really good Peppers, Peppers Ghost effect, like, really good. Like, probably one of the best, you know, best uses of it ever, but, you know, I know what's going on here. The... the, the and I got to do most of the Q3 times because I got evac right before the ride mm. itself the first time. So, and I still felt the same way the third time. The third time watching into that bay, that that will always be my seeing the dragon moment. Like that will like walking into that the uh, the uh, where the the docking bay, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. the view out into space. It's just so. It's just so, it just feels so, it's unexplainable. It's just everything, the way they, it, it, the audio design in there is just absolutely incredible. And p- people mentioned to me on Twitter that 
they got broken down in there and they turned down the audio effects. And that, that whole room just doesn't even sound the same when they turn off the audio effects. It just sounds like a room. But they make it, it makes it play for your mind that you feel like you're at the edge of space or, you know, in space on a spaceship. It's just, it's incredible. Um, but we talked about Rise of Resistance for two hours, so I don't yeah. have to talk about it. Yeah, we don't need to go back into it in depth. Uh, um, it's amazing. Got to go to it. My friend is going on January 2nd, and he's like, do I really need to ride? I'm like, and Ariel was on, we were on the phone together in on in the car, and we were both like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Because he just wants to get kick off a lot of credits and all that stuff. He was also trying to do four parks in one day, and we kind of convinced him to do two a day. Yeah. Because like, because he needs to do like, he needs to do all the, needs to do all the, he needs to do all the credits and all the, he he has credits in all three parks basically to do. Yeah. And he also wants to drink and hang out in Epcot too. I'm like, yeah, you no. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. No, and we can all like, we can all want things, but you know. And you also need to get to. Uh, Hollywood Studios like an hour and a half to two hours early Yeah, that's... from their opening day. Because if you get a... Because the problem with him is if he gets a, a late boarding group, then he's stuck there. Or he, has to, <laughs> or he has to be like, oh, shit, I got a bad boarding group. I need to come back later. So, and, you know, it's... Uh, I think the whole boarding group fine is... It's fine. It's, it's I think it's... I don't know. It's It's a double-edged sword, right? People, some people just want to wait in a huge ass line all day, and some people uh, are, you know, it's it's how you look at it. Like, do you want to do that, or you want to have a guaranteed time where you can spend the rest of the day doing stuff? And I think it's, I don't like the way to implement it. You know, tweeting it out at 4 a.m. on the day it freaking opened mm -hmm. that they're going to have a ride reservation system, and we thought we were going to just be lining up and be first to go because we got there at 1 a.m. So that wasn't great, but I, I think it's a good band-aid to fix their uh, while they fix the ride and make it actually work right. And uh, some people are like, "Is Hagrid ever going to do it?" Hagrid doesn't need it at this point. So let's just transition over there. We'll talk about Universal just a second, and then we'll move on to kind of wrapping yes. this up and wrapping yep. the decade up. Um, Hagrid is, but that's all I have to say. I'll just wrap up. Hollywood Studios. I enjoyed my day. It was fantastic. I loved it. I didn't think I'd need to go back anytime soon. And Rise of the Resistance. Uh, man, I want to go back. Um, you know, I've, I said it a billion times. I want to do an annual pass at some point at Disney World and just like, you know, Disney be Disneyed out on the, uh, you know, just get all my Disney fixes out in one year and be like, yeah, we don't need to go to Disney anytime soon in the next like 10, 15 years until they build a whole new round of new stuff. But like Rise of the Resistance is that changed it for me. Like to hop in there for a day, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 good, and the park's fine. And you know they have another ride coming, which to me will be. I don't know. I I don't. I can't see Mickey's Runaway Railroad or Runaway. What is it? Runaway. The Mickey ride, railway or something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It looks cool. To me, yeah, like, but to me that is that's a. Uh, See attraction at most. Yeah. For me, that's that's my personal feeling on it. I could be wrong. I'll try it and I'll go in there with open mind. But I really don't like the animation style that of the new Mickey, and that's just a turn off to me. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be fun. But uh, I'm not excited about it. I don't need to go there and ride it right away. I don't care. 
Um, but that will help as well. Definitely will help the park be more complete. Um, I mean, I, I waited until Galaxy's Edge was fully open and Toy Story was fully open because that's when I felt like it was worth my money to go to that park. Before Rise of Resistance opened, I thought it was, you know, just it's a ripoff. But now I, Rise of Resistance is worth half your ticket practically to me or more. <laughs> so moving over to the other amazing attraction of Orlando this year, uh, Hagrid's. Uh, we ended up with nine rides this this trip. Um, four in four in less than two hours on our first day, then two night rides, and then three rides uh, our second day. Um, I, on the first day, it in the morning it was running 12, 10 trains, and I don't. I, I, Freaking impressive to me. I have no idea how they're going to fit two more on there. I have absolutely no <laughs> idea how the fuck that thing could run two more trains. Like, it seems like the timing is so tight already. Like, man, that is going to be amazing to watch when 12 trains are going around. Uh, when we hit the brake run in the back seat, one time we were coming around the turn into the, to the castle. I looked to my right, and within a matter of literally two seconds... I see four trains dive in different places. Four different trains dive somewhere in the course within my vision. I was just like, what just happened? That that just seems like someone just edited a bunch of videos together to make it look like the roller coaster train is going in like all different places at once. Like it, it didn't seem real to me. It was incredible. Uh Haggard's fun. Um I like Rise of Resistance more, if you want to talk about attractions, easily. Um, but it's it's my favorite Harry of the three Harry Potter attractions. It's probably my favorite one now. Um, it's really fun. It's really thrilling. The trains are just so beautiful. God, man, I would love to know how much one of those trains costs, like, or one of those cars. Like, I, I feel like just one of those cars could have been approaching like astronomical numbers. Like I don't even want to guess how much that one just a single car out of the seven on a, one of the trains costs, and then multiply that by twelve trains. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You uh, anytime you are on a section where it slows you down, the brake lights actually work. Oh, that's it's cool. A, Yes, you can see it during the daytime, but it's hard to see. But during nighttime, okay, the two, we got night rides finally, two night rides. It is a nighttime ride. Um, I'd have your first right day during the daytime, but you're, you have to have a night ride. Like, you just got to do it. It's amazing. Our first night, it um, the, the ride stayed open until closing. It was open to close pretty much. It opened a little late the first day, like 10 minutes late. Which helped us to our advantage because it feels like it kind of got some people to be like, okay, it's not open. We'll come back a little bit later. So that helped us get four rides in really quickly. But uh, nighttime, man, it's just so fun with the headlights and the brake lights breaking. And, you know, I, I knew that they like the brakes, all the lights turned off during the spike because, you know, your vehicle stalls and all that stuff. So you lose all power and all that stuff. But I didn't realize those other little details. And then, um, then there's a whole lighting and fog effect on the last launch to the right of you that I didn't even notice on our last trip. And uh, the only thing I hate is that one animatronic that swivels on a stick. Man, please 
do something about that thing. <laughs> it looks so bad. That one animatronic in Hagrid's hut is it's really bad in my opinion. <laughs> it needs <laughs> they need to do something to it. But that's like my only complaint really. I I love it and uh single rider line can really be good to you. Um my suggestion is rope drop it if you have if you're with someone else, you know, ride it once and see the queue. Um, they don't open it up typically right away, but as soon as they open it up, hit it up as fast as possible because you can get a few rides in really quickly uh, before that line builds up. And it, even if it doesn't build up, if it's um, as long as it's not, as long as it's uh, if it's outside the castle, don't do it. It's probably going to be pretty bad. But if it's uh, inside the castle, you're probably going to save a lot of time or be about equal. So. Yeah, and as far as the whole resort goes, we had a great time, you know, did everything that we've done a billion times. Got to see Summer and um, Robin, our favorite two, two um, makeup show actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, 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 saw, we, we saw the show four times this trip. <laughs> we saw it once each day, and then the, second, the last day we found that Robin and Summer, Summer Arello, who's the, you know, the wife of Michael Arello, who's now in Universal Creative, he used to... Re- be the the creative director for Horror Nights. Uh, they teamed up the last day, so we saw two shows straight. And then the second show, the first show, you know, we filmed it and it was great. And the second show, Ariel's like, we should we should go in the front seat. I'm like, okay, I kind of like the the second row because I'm a little elevated. You know, it's it's not so close for filming. It's nice. And uh, I didn't know her alternative motive. So there's the time where they ask, you know, I need CPR. I need math of the mouth. <laughs> and I saw her coming towards me before she even did the joke. And I was like, I turned to air like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I just froze. I was like, what, what do I do with this? So I was like, I didn't know. Like, I, there were so many things I, after the fact, I was like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. I like, oh, man. Like, so it. Yeah, she Ariel got me good, and it was a really good show to see those two together. It's uh, I love that show. That show is just so much. Have you seen it? Uh, the makeup show. Yeah, the makeup. Yeah, show. yeah, I've seen it. So much fun. I love it. Um, it's all about the. I don't know it's it, it, it's fun because it always feels different, uh, depending on you know the 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 people that they pick in the audience or just the actor. Some are really good. Some are really boring and. It runs 45 every 45 minutes, and it's a half an hour long, and you don't really need to show up very early. So you're usually done within 35 minutes. It's only a 35-minute commitment, like you know some other shows where if it's half an hour long, you have to show up like a half an hour early, anyways. So it, it's it's I really enjoy it. So um, that's about it. I mean, we talked about Green Eggs and Ham. It's open. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, it's a novelty, though. I've had more times to think about it. It's a really big novelty. The food there isn't anything that you can't really make on your own. It's not that complicated of a food. It was just a novelty of actually doing that. And having the characters out front was really cool and all that stuff. But it's not like – it's just. I think it was just a novelty of like, oh, my God, the stand that's been closed. Every visit of mine, going back to 2001, it's open. We had to do this. So um, – yeah, and apparently um, the burger place, Wimpy's, that, that opened today, for at least seasonally. 
So I hope that Wimpy's isn't really needed that badly, I don't think. But I because it's just a burger place with some interesting items, but like this is something different. I really hope they keep it going. Obviously when it's in the really low season they won't run it, probably, but like at least in mid season I I would hope they would keep it going. Uh because it's still it has good visibility. It's not it's like slightly off the beaten path at the entrance of Seuss Landing. But it's not like it, it's hidden. Like Wimpy's is pretty hidden, unless you go back to to Popeye. It's 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 not visible. But when you come into Seuss Landing, it's right to your left. So, anyways, yeah, we had a good trip. Drank a lot of beer at Fun Spot. That's always fun to do. And uh, yeah, the decade. That was your decade. <laughs> it was good. Um... Would you even know what trip? You did at the beginning of the decade that started it out. Um, luckily, I was actually writing trip reports at the time. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was just wondering, wondering if you could figure it out on the top of your head. Uh, I know that I went to Harry Potter in 2011. Oh, okay. I did a cruise in July of 2010. So, what did I do early in 2010? Uh, I have to look back. I'm going to now because I can. I went to Edmonton. Oh, well, that's, oh, by the way, news. They're retheming it to Hasbro. They are. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, because, like, the, gal- the, the, the the whole space, cartoony space theme looked really cute and interesting. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine I'm, with it, I'm too, but, it. like, I kind of yeah. I wish I experienced it, that's all. But, like, yeah, it's fine. As long as they don't take the I'm, mind vendor out, who the fuck cares, right? <laughs> you, you didn't miss much, I'll be honest. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that and i think it'll be an improvement over what they had before um yeah i guess they probably can't get characters the nickelodeon characters into canada or something probably I, the nickelodeon characters may be under contract with something else still right and, yeah you know, it's a different country there's different rules right uh, you know for it makes me sense though since it's a triple five that they yeah. would make it into a property because of nickelodeon so i never even thought about it as soon as i read it i was like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> you know, uh, looking back at the decade for myself, um, it, I, I would say it began kind of, you know, it was basically like a continuation of the, the late 2000s as far as like what I was doing was concerned number-wise. And uh, by by the last like three years, it's been the number of stuff and things that I've done has just accelerated tremendously. And uh, yeah. You know, the last, this year and last year, I, I had the same number of coasters I've been on. I'll, I'll probably ride more this week, actually, uh, when I go to Miami. So it, it'll increase, and, and that will be, you know, sort of the second richest coaster year that I've had ever uh, will be this year. And uh, last year was, was pretty up there. I mean... I was usually averaging about 40 new coasters a year. That's That's been kind of the... It's like the 10 and 20 year average. And, you know, the last few years, 2017, there was like 64. 2018, 73. This year, 73. Probably going to be 75, 76 soon. It was a very busy year for sure. Um... And very busy last few years. I, I definitely want to take my foot off the gas after I break a thousand, because I I've done most of the stuff that I wanted to do. 
Yeah, next um, year for me is definitely going to be a, a lower year. Off. Yeah, you can't you can't repeat what you did this year. I mean, you got like 200 <laughs> credits in Europe. It's just not possible. Yeah, yeah it's not possible to keep that going. So, and like, and this year for me, like, you know, I went to Minneapolis and Oklahoma City and Kansas City and Atlanta, Charlotte, Orlando, um, Iowa. Do you have anything that stands out for you for the whole decade that you can point to? Be like, that was my favorite trip. <laughs> mm. Um, non-coaster wise, probably the first time I went to Italy. Okay. Uh, would would be this, and actually, I would say both the Italy trips that I did this year or this decade, 2013, and again when we returned in, I think it was 2017, was the second trip. Uh, which was a driving trip. And those trips stand out to me because a Italy is fantastic. Hmm. Um, B, even though the parks are not spectacular, um, there's a lot of there is a lot of really cool stuff there. The shooting dark rides that they have at Maribolandia and Gardaland are both pretty over the top in scale, and uh, Movie Land Studios <laughs> is just. <laughs> When when Meredith was saying well, like what her favorite seven were, then she's like, actually, Movie Land could be. Like, <laughs> no, oh my god, that's funny. Um, it, it, you know, like standouts. I, it's so tough because you know this decade, um, there was a two and a half week trip to the Middle East that I did. Oh my god, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I went to the Middle East before. There was a two week trip before that where we did Dubai, Singapore, Malaysia. Thailand. Um, I did uh, obviously I did the Italy trip. I've been to Europe. Uh, we also did Barcelona, and I went to Port Aventura. I've been to you know both coasts. Um, did you get married in this decade? Uh, no, I was married in two thousand nine. Okay. So this was my my tenth year anniversary was this year. Ooh. Um. Yeah, I'm getting old. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like, like looking at my coaster count right now just to kind of refresh my memory as to like what has been happening. Uh, I went so, to coaster, I went to CoasterCon in 2012, and you thought it was okay. I remember reading your vlog. You thought it was just overkill, right? I, I, I thought it was it was good for someone who wasn't me. Yeah, I don't think I could ever do a CoasterCon. I think the only place I could do a CoasterCon. Um, is Cedar Point at this point. I just, I just have no need to, to like be that heavily involved for that long a period of time with coaster enthusiasts. Like, I just want ERT. I don't really care about hanging out with people necessarily, except for like a few friends. I, I don't want to go see a hundred people and shake hands. No, and it's just play politics. I, I don't know. I just rather, uh, I, I don't mind the event here and there, but I don't need a week long thing. Uh, otherwise, maybe maybe if it's a trip to somewhere where I'd rather be with a group. That that's yeah. that possible. But um, so as far as my ticket is, uh, it actually really didn't really start until 2013. I did a little bit of park visits here and there locally, but not really anything at all. Um, you know, my last de- decade was not great towards the end, and things have improved and gotten better and all that stuff as life typically does, hopefully. Um, and, uh, 
But uh, I was also into some other things. Got out of the hobby a little bit for a while and you know, got into video games again in my 20s somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Happens. And, and racing, which I kind of want to get back into. We've been talking yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, you know, I kind of missed that thing, you know, you know. You know, my work involved theme parks at the time, all throughout that anyway. So it's never like I was really, I was always around it. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as going to enjoy them rec- recreationally, um, no. So, uh, yeah, in 13, I was like, yeah, I should. I want to go to Texas and all these places I haven't been. Hey, theme park review is going. It'll be a good way to get back into it. And it was. Um, and I had no problems with that trip. It was a fun trip. It was the best trip probably I've ever taken at the time. Um, but then, you know, just things happened and, uh, it's, it's obviously the best trip I've done is the Europe trip. I mean, a lot of things would have had to gone wrong for not to be the best trip going into it. <laughs> right. Like, a lot of things. Uh, but then I look at some of the trips I even just took this year with Ariel, weekend trips, or this past trip. Like, this past trip to Orlando with her was a really good way to end the decade. Like, And just, obviously, just meeting her. Like, I was content with being, you know, I was happy. But, you know, I was also like, yeah, you know, whatever. If it happens, it happens. And she just kind of plopped into my life because of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's, that's great. I love it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to do trips alone sometimes or with other friends and stuff, but it's also fun to have someone that enjoys it as much as you do. And you you and your wife kind of have the same, I I think Ariel's a little bit more obsessed with parks than she is, but, uh, (laughs) but. Well, Meredith, Meredith's kind of taking her foot off the gas. I mean, she has like 600 credits now. Yeah. Um, You know, I think she feels generally satiated about like doing endless weekend trips to the same parks that we've gone to a million times. And, and that's fair. Like even I've been sitting back and be like, where the hell you're going? Like once uh, November turned around, he's like, well, he's going somewhere again. Well, he's still going somewhere. I'm just like sitting back and like, yeah, I'm good. Hang out in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, this year is just not, this is not a typical year. I, I don't, I can't imagine that I'm going to do this again next year. I just, I can't. Um, nice to come sometimes just sit on your couch all weekend. <laughs> and, and you know what? I have not, I guess I did that this weekend, but you know, again, looking at this past year, I mean, New England, uh, I was there for Memorial day, went to the Detroit Grand Prix, Cedar point, Do Denver. You not remember how your year basically started? Uh, hello. It was with me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Remember that uh, back in April? Yeah, we did that in April. But then there were like two weeks off where I didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, or a yeah. week off, I think. Um, And then it was like, so then Denver, Michigan's Adventure, Kentucky Kingdom. It's just amazing uh, how much the industry has also changed. So many things have changed. Like, locally and the big themers. Like, just, just the way that you, just think about how easier so many things are these days it's like wait times and apps and connectivity and just just ordering online it just just 
The smartphone has made trips so much easier. Just think about, I, I, I go back and think about me doing trips back in like 2005 and just having like printed out MapQuest fucking yeah. pages. Or I'm Guide to like, Ride. Like, how the, yeah, how the fuck did I do this? How did I get anywhere? It was we amazing. We were good. Like, we, like, that's the thing. We were really good at it. Like, if you yeah. got, if you were good then, like, you're only better now. Yeah, it, to the point where, I, like, I look at it. And you, when we did that podcast about where I asked a thousand things about Europe and how scared I was, you were probably just like, man, he's going to get there. And he's going to be like, what? Fuck, this is easy. <laughs> I did. I got there. I was like, yeah. what the fuck was I worried about? There's, yeah. there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing it's to worry to about. I, so. I mean, I, I think that here's the, the big things I think that have changed over the last few years is mm-hmm. in this decade, um, from like the destination theme park standpoint, Obviously, Universal has emerged, you know, Wizarding World of Harry Potter opened in 2010. And and that brought them basically to be this kind of philosophical competitor to Disney World for people. They became, for people that were getting kind of aging out of Disney World, Universal gave them another park that was that kind of park in the same spot or the same, you know, geographical region. And and that's kind of created what we've seen since then, uh, as far as like, you know, even Park Scope is is in a lot of ways. I know it, they'll never admit to it, but like it's always been seen as like a universal park, like a universal podcast. And, yeah, uh, well, it also broke. It was also like the creation was kind of from inside Universal. A lot of inside Universal people, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and like, you know, for me as like. A coaster purse, I guess Universal is always kind of a natural choice for me to go to anyways, because it actually had big thrilling stuff that Disney very rarely builds. So, um, but that's beside the point. So that, that kind of like, that's what happened at like the big, you know, destination theme park, you know, only the people that go to Disney and Universal exclusively and ignore the rest of the world kind of thing, right? Um, and you can't. And as you were talking about Universal becoming a force, I mean, their attendance has literally doubled. Yeah. In the last ten yeah. years. Yeah, their and, numbers are crazy. And it, I mean, it, it it has it. It's just Potter. I mean, it's not just Potter, but that's what kicked it. In that's the what, high that's gear. what started it. And 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 I think that like what people have taken from what happened with Potter is to 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 create those kind of that world building situation of like, I want to step into that world for everything else, even stuff that not necessarily anyone really cares to step into the world of, you know? And so now we have these immersive attractions of like Sesame street at SeaWorld Orlando or Pandora. And I mean, what I think think is interesting about that, but you're right about Sesame street. It's, it's, it's on a small scale, the same thing. But, you know, what I think is really interesting that's also happened concurrently, mm-hmm. and, you know, the only park that you're going to find this at currently is is Elitch Gardens, is you're starting to see this very artistic, like, non-corporatized version of that kind of experience uh, being developed. And it's it's not really in a theme park, necessarily, but you're starting to see theme parks, at least Elitch's did, and I'm sure other parks will start to look at it. Um, the possibility of building, you know, more artistic, you know, attractions that, like, 
speak more locally uh, rather than just IPs. And I think that that's kind of an interesting thing going forward into the 2020s. Regionally, see, go ahead, can sorry. You, can you see that, Ilich, with, uh, oh, God, Kaleida, what is it called? Kaleida Escape. Kaleida Escape. Um, do you see any parallels with Europe, with, like, Dark Rides and all that stuff, or no? Or am I... Not really. Okay. No, just, I think... I mean, I think, like, you know, parks like Efteling, they kind of do what Disney ultimately took up. Like, Disney copied them, willfully so and admittedly to some degree. Um, and, you know, they have their own kind of art design, and they're not necessarily corporatized. But, um, no, it's it's a different thing. It's very different. Like, it, it poses, like, actual questions to the audience. And I think that's interesting. And you're seeing a lot of experiences like that open up everywhere, you know, whether it's the Team Lab facilities in Tokyo, whether it's... Don't even, we haven't even mentioned China. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'll get to that here in a second. Yeah. Uh, that's, like... that's definitely going to happen here. Um, you know, domestically, like, in terms of the regional theme parks in America, um, we, I think we've kind of hit peak coaster, is the way I would put it. I think they've built about as big and as many coasters as they're going to build for the most part. And I think it's now about, you know, continuing to retrofit, which obviously they've been doing already, uh, but more like replacing than building new. Like, and, you know, where you're not going to have a bunch of parks with 20 some odd coasters. Like, if you have 14 or 15 ride, like, coasters, like, that's the maximum you'll ever have. I don't see... It's, parks pushing it past where they are now. Yeah, it has to do with two factors. It's operating costs and it has to do with the fact that a lot of these parks were built in the 70s and 80s and continue to grow into the 90s, and then that stuff's getting old. Yeah, yeah, but and not only that, like, it starts to, you know, look not great. Like, arrow loopers are, are going to fade away mm-hmm. even faster, I think, mm-hmm. uh, going through the 2020s. I think that those parks, and we've seen, obviously, Cedar Fair look to Disney and Universal quite a lot in terms of what they tried to do with Forbidden Frontier that hasn't really quite worked. Uh, They're still kind of doing it with the boat ride that they're going to be building, which I guess has, like, no budget, but they're going to try. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really exciting, though, by the way. We haven't had a chance, no one's had a chance to talk about that, but that's, that's, I don't know, it's weird, like... We'll, We'll do, we will do a 2020 like new for 2020 podcast yeah, next year and we'll discuss it i think in further depth then i was excited um, about that though i wasn't really were did you were you expecting that yeah yeah okay. i was expecting something like that i was expecting it eventually because everyone wants it but i didn't think they'd actually do it <laughs> <laughs> they need but, they need those attractions though they yeah really they do they do um and so where were we going from that so, so where I'm going to go next is, you know, for those of us in the United States that have money, mm-hmm. um, and for those people that are outside the United States, because we do have listeners in Europe and Asia, at least Europe, um, this is the golden era. This is the best era in theme parks outside the United States. I would not say that it is in, in the U.S. itself, though there's really great stuff that's being built. Yeah. And it's of like incredibly high quality and super expensive and, you know, really impressive and all the rest of it. 
and the coasters being built right now, like Steel Vengeance, are you know outstanding. That I don't, we, I don't know. Can you just imagine that back in the late nineties, you said, "Yeah, you're gonna have this coaster that's gonna try to literally throw you out like twenty times and do these crazy things with lap bars." Your mind would have been like, "No, nah, man." But then, but then, like the flip side is, you know, if you told people like, and you're gonna get thirty of them, yeah, yeah, people and be you like, might get, really? Get, you might get tired of them eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but over in Europe, you know, the parks have really had to increase and up their game in the last decade. Whether it was Europa, whether it was Efteling, whether it was Fantasia Land. I mean, Fantasia Land especially. Comparing it to from 07 when I went there for the first time to you know when I was there last year, it's dramatically improved. I'm I'm sad that I didn't get to Europe. I mean, I'm, I'm you know it's it's I would have liked to have gone to Europe a long time ago, but at the same time, I you know yeah, there's some credits I missed, but there's nothing that I look back. There's not a lot of stuff I look back in Europe at least. In Asia, there's a few things I wish I'd written. Yeah. But you look at Europe, there's there's not that much that I, stuff that I can think of in the last, you know, 15 years when I was first supposed to go to Europe that I say, well, that sucks. I missed it. I'm sure there's something, but... Uh, there's like two things, and I can tell you what they are. What? The Wild Mouse of Blackpool. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, and probably, you know, and this may have been even before you would have gone to Europe, would have been like Runaway Coaster at Rotunda or something like that. Or, um, oh, okay. or the, or the was... Scenic Railway at um, VDM that's been closed down for a while. The Scorchcroft at Fantasialand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that burned down in 01. Yeah. But for the most it's... part, like the stuff that's been built is way better than what used to be there. Yeah, that's um, what I'm about to say. I'm going to say that the... They're pretty and all that stuff, but like as far as thrills goes, it didn't start going. I just I'm, I'm imagining all the all the Gerstlers that weren't there that I rode that I really enjoyed. <laughs> like holy crap! Like you know, there's not that many B and M's that I rode. I only rode like seven B and M's. You know, Great Adventure. I could have ridden half that in one day. Yeah. Um, it, it it's it's all about a lot of different manufacturers out there that didn't exist. Like some of these companies didn't even exist or barely existed twenty years ago. So yeah, uh, you, it's you know, like if you go back like more than ten years ago, like what was there in Europe? Like Tenere de Zeus, Blossus. Just think of all the parks that didn't or weren't even like pinpoints. Like Tripsdale, barely. Yeah. Hans the hell no. Toverland was a box. Uh, yeah. It, just it, the list just keeps going on of uh, all these parks that Plops have grown. Plops of land. Yeah, uh, not Plops of land. Was it even Plops of land at that point yet? I don't even, it was like Studio 100 Park or something. Yeah. Like, oh, that spinner, by the way, looks fantastic. The extreme spinner at Plops of land, the pond. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. By the way, guys, if, if you want to know when not to go to parks, just ask me what my itinerary is because next year those parks will build something. <laughs> But I'm okay with it because it's all the parks I wanted to go back to anyway. So it's like none of the shitty parks. I'm like I never need to go back to here. So perfect. But but, but yeah, like but like mainland yeah. Europe was like Dragon Con, um, yeah, Colossus. Like, like there wasn't G-Force. very much. And, yeah, and yeah, Expression G Force got built. That's true. 
Um, Silver Star, not really that great, to be honest. But. Yeah, it's a slightly better Nitro. So you have those rides, but like the quality otherwise has gone through the roof. I don't care know. about the coasters. I just care about the overall experience. It's a whole yeah. The overall experience is a lot better in Europe, but it's always been that way. Than the US I'm glad to be. So. I'm glad to be living in America though, because I don't know how much. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to live there and have that all the time accessible to me. Because sometimes I'm just gonna. Plus, like shit, closing at six and seven o'clock all the time. That would just. <laughs> Like, there's no chance to, like, go after work or anything like that. Like, just none. Like, during the summer, if you want to just, like, you know, hit your local park. Nope, it's closed as soon as you get out of work. So there's so many disadvantages and advantages. And, you know, as you said, Europe market's changed. Uh, the, the Asian market, well, Japan has not changed. <laughs> Japan is stagnant as fuck. No, J- but, yeah, Japan has gone, like, I don't want to say it's it's done uh, there was, there was some, there was one, uh, discussion I had on Twitter is like, Mark Willard was like, what do you mean the Japanese park scene is stagnated or like gone downhill? <laughs> like Tokyo Disney and Universal are, are doing great. And it's like, yeah, that's, you know, you're talking about three parks out of, you know, 170. Yeah. And then, then stop talking about, stop talking about the, the four parks that people talk about. <laughs> Yeah, like everything Fuji-ku, else is like a disaster. Yeah, Fujiku, Spaland, Universal, Disney. That's it. That's it. Like, that's the parks people talk about the most. And then there's uh, lots of other really cool parks that could be cool, but they don't have the money to do it, or they're just not run properly. And and there's a lot of stuff there, like you know, Surf Coaster has been closed at Sea Paradise for. Has it really? Eons. Yeah. It just got new trains. Yeah, there was a, there was like a crash over the summer. It was never oh, reported no. in the West. Okay. Um, and we didn't find out about it until we were told by you know the guy that we were hanging out with, and he's like, yeah, if you go on the Japanese version of the website, it'll even tell you like you know it's not even it's closed until further notice. Like yeah, and with the boat shoot closed, like what's there's and that's just that part. Like Space World is gone, you know. Like <laughs> oh, Venus uh, is saved though, dude. Oh, it is. It, not saved. It's in storage at another park. I forget what park. Oh, good. But it showed up. So, okay. Of all the coasters that I wanted saved there, it was that and Titan. And obviously, Titan was probably not financially feasible to move, and no one would yeah. buy it since it's huge. But uh, yeah, that's good. And I'm sure Zatarn got saved because it was ran- relatively new. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, even Australia. Australia has come. You know, and and it's starting out the decade with a bang, really, with two new yeah. coasters, two yeah. good coasters next year. And um, and obviously, you know, we have to mention China and Southeast Asia as being these boom areas. And you know, again, and this is why you have to say it's kind of the golden era. Like, if you look at how many big theme parks with really impressive dark rides and coasters have been built in China it's, it's, in the it's, last it's, ten years, it's astonishing. It seems like every other week a new one is opening because. Every other week, another one is opening. <laughs> I mean, when uh, you have like forty cities the size of Dallas, you know, yeah, and yeah. and the amount of money that the that that government is putting into this stuff, like, so a lot of stuff's been put up. It's great. I, I'll get out there hopefully and ride some of it. Um, other countries, I'm sure, will like India and Russia, uh, sure. you know, other developing economies, Brazil. Hopefully, we'll get some parks that don't suck soon. Mm. 
Um, a lot of things has to change for that to happen, but yeah, this taxation especially because um, their their import fees are insane, and that's that's the real that's the preventative issue there. I mean, <clears throat> but yeah, I believe I, I, when I was in the video game thing, like like people from Brazil would like write into podcasts and say, "You guys complain about this right this game being blah blah blah." Yeah, your your Halo cost sixty dollars. Hey, it costs us the equivalent of like a hundred and twenty something dollars yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's a, it's like a one hundred percent tariff on a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I'm not saying that there are parks that probably have their stuff shipped to Paraguay and then moved into Brazil illicitly, but I've heard rumors to that extent through the years. But yeah, um, I think as far as industry goes, I mean, obviously it added the decade started terribly, the aughts started terribly and they ended terribly <laughs> in a lot of ways. You know, it ended obviously with the, it started with the, you know, as far as America goes, one of the worst tragedies that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it took its toll throughout the decade until the point where, you know, well, it was a lot of the things, obviously the housing market and the loans and all that stuff, but it didn't end great, but then uh, it's been a lot better. So where's that going with this? I, I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> it's a good question. Parks um, are good. <laughs> Yay. Parks are good. Parks are good. I think the industry is, is still trying to come to terms right now with how to integrate certain technologies into attractions and and make them uh, more interesting and a bigger draw to people. Um, Can we talk about? Um, so I was talking about thinking about this going back to the decades. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as steel coasters goes, um, the eighties pretty much was Arrow. Nineties yeah. pretty much B and M. The aughts, Intamin, at least in America. They kind of trailed out towards the end because people got pissed off. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, obviously, it's pretty easy to say that this was the decade of RMC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the first one opened in 2010. So, yeah, that, that they started pretty well. And as far as wood coasters go, you know, you can say that the, the 90s was CCI. Uh, the 2000s were pretty much GCI. And then... I mean, the aughts were kind of, or the teens were kind of, or the tens were kind of, that's uh, up up in the air there. It's kind of a little bit of, like, maybe Gravity Group, but not really. It's, uh, I don't know, what, 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 that's the one I would think of as far as wood manufacturers go. Um, I mean, RMC kind of deals in a little bit of both, but we're talking, like, pure layered track here. Right, right. Um, uh, Gravity Group sold so much stuff overseas that yeah yeah and uh i mean who's next like um and then there's mock kind of doing its own thing the entire time too and doing amazing things um so will we have another company come out of nowhere or you know will i just think to prominence (laughs) I, i just think for me you know the last 10 years of stuff uh, because I've I've been lucky enough to be employed gainfully, and so is my wife, and things have been good. That you know we've been able to travel a lot, see a lot of stuff, and and leave the country and go see these parks and places like Singapore, Japan, all throughout Western and Central Europe. Um, next year in Poland, um, and obviously the the Middle East, and 
there's a lot more stuff that's being built too, and it's very exciting, especially in China, Vietnam, uh, Indonesia has a whole ton of stuff that's opening up. Like there's what like fifty identical coasters. That oh my god, the coma! When they got that order, they'd be like, "Oh, my. can you imagine being that?" You know, it was one sales guys who got the commission on that. And he posted like, "Well, I'm just set for I'm set for like the next ten years." <laughs> he could have got like he could have got like two percent on that commission, and he's still fine. Yeah, I mean, each one of those rides is probably a two million dollar ride, and they're and silly too. Three of them. It's so silly that they've also relocated some older ones where they build up a structure that literally has probably like five times the amount of steel as this small little roller skater. I'm just like. That structure you just built on a rod that you probably you know you bought somewhere else for nothing. Oh, economics on that are so confusing to me. With those, what do they call trans studios, right? Yeah, the trans studios parks. Yeah, that. The... <laughs> I'm just it's waiting wild. for the day it's that wild. I'm waiting for the day that ba- I uh, my uh, my phone keeps getting spammed with Bannister has ridden. Crazy coaster, or what? Is, what do they call it? Crazy something? Like over and over again. I'm like, oh, they, they, he finally did it. <laughs> he's he's in town. He's he's yeah. all throughout Jakarta right now. Uh, so okay, so you know, kind of. We, obviously, we've talked about the 2010s. Um, looking to the 2020s, real quick, because we'll yeah. we'll want to get off here and go to bed. Like I, I do have to work tomorrow, tragically. I, um, and I have to do ship shopping. <laughs> What any thoughts that you have as we go into the 2020s as to what we're going to see, uh, what you're excited about seeing, what you anticipate, that sort of stuff. I I I the the Chinese the Chinese market really interests me. Like I China as a whole interests me because I don't know. It just seems like they're running on pixie dust in some ways. Like with all this this expansion and this the they it's just how far can it go? It yeah. just—it's—it also scares me with Universal coming in as well. Like, I'm afraid that we might see a little bit of what happened with Japan when Disney and Universal came in. You know, it hurt the other parks a lot. Um, but I don't know. And then you have that one park. I, I forget. It was, it was a Wanda park. Where they made some terrible decisions, where they built a bunch of really expensive simulator rides and all that stuff, but with, but it was like a three-hour park, and then no one came, uh, and it closed a year later after spending huge amounts of money, like, and just the operations of the Chinese parks, like, I, there's some so many really interesting coasters, and then there's ninety percent crap, but the interesting <laughs> stuff like is really compelling. And it just, I don't know. I don't, it's just the operations of it from reading, well, Bannister, because he goes really, really in-depth with with his experiences, especially with operations. And he, he, he doesn't, like, he's like one of the, one of the really unbiased outlets um, that does it in a small group or, you know, you know, because other people usually go in a big group because it's China. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's interesting to see where that market goes and if the the growth will continue. And uh, I don't know. I, I know I want to ride a bunch of the wood coasters and 
bunch of the theme things and the being, it's just it's a it's astonishing. Um, but then as far as other markets go, um, you know, I, I want to see more stuff. Obviously, you know, England is next on my list, I think, and we'll go from there. Scandinavia is high up there. I'd love to go to Australia for a lot of sightseeing and stuff like that. And I don't know, as far as coasters go, like Six Flags is going to keep doing what they're doing. And I think they're doing well. Um, you know, your operations per park and per day can vary drastically. Like, uh, yeah, I went to Fiesta in 2015 and had a great time and, heard terrible things out of that park over the last year. And it's confusing because, you know, we know the man at the helm running the place as GM, and that confuses me. But uh, sorry for that tangent, but they're going to keep doing what they're doing. They're going to create rides that people, uh, you know, are flashy, low cost, but smart. I mean... They're running their their park smart. They're not taking a lot of risks. They know what they're doing. Um, they're not going to build another King Ka anytime soon. <laughs> um, I think I, here's what I would say. I think that that Six Flags and Cedar Fair both benefit from a market that is pretty well like contracted. Like there's not a lot of competition to each other out there anymore. Like no. You know, Bush is. I mean, SeaWorld is out there, but it, it's kind of for sale. SeaWorld's the 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 question mark, really. What's going to happen with that chain? I don't see much change with the the way Cedar Fair and Six Flags do things. Yeah, SeaWorld uh, though can definitely change a lot. Uh, very much so. Whether they're building a lot of coasters in in the next couple of years, especially which is the good. Uh, they're doing the, sh- the good. Th- they're doing the right thing to San Diego. They're definitely doing the right thing in San Diego. Um, uh, I wish they were building more family attractions because I think that's that's ultimately the direction that they should go in rather than big coasters. I, I mean, think I love get the there. big coasters. Um, we'll get there. Uh, I mean, I the, so. I the, so. the Intamin that they're building next year is kind of a family attraction. So. Yeah. Um, but 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 what I will say is you know there's there's not a lot of the the competitors that used to exist in that market are gone or are leaving, um, which to me is bad because you know I never got to go to Clementon for example I know like Clementon's not really a competitor per se but it's it's another park that was in that Pennsylvania New Jersey market yeah Lakemont I don't know what's going to happen to it um, yeah Lakemont's weird. Cody, Coney Island, Cincinnati is gone, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and there's gonna be, you know, there's gonna be more parks in that 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 close in the next few years or or get kind of parted out or that become part of the Six Flags or Cedar Fair brands. Um, Lakemont doesn't look good. I think they'll get leaped at dips open next year, maybe, hopefully. I hope um, so. But I don't know how that thing's gonna last. As I said, I went, I did a video. It's it's weird. I don't get it. Um, I mean, there's but there's a lot of parks out there that are definitely struggling. Um, yeah. You know, another good example, Sylvan Beach in New York is another one that's kind of like that. And, yeah. Uh, so, but 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 I think you know there's going to continue to be more and more, uh, more and more consolidation, more and more chains buying out smaller parks, and uh, kind of reducing the number of 
family run, you know, I hate to say bomb and pop operations for big parks, but you know, it's gonna be kind of down, I think, to like Knobles, Lagoon, Hershey, and Oh Hershey's practically corporate anyway, so Yeah, yeah, they um, are. but and then Waldemere. I mean, like the number of really independent parks is gonna be negligible to see Lake Lake Winnie, maybe. Um but I think I, everybody else is gonna keep consuming each like the small parks, like Magic Springs, um I, I could see even Alabama Splash Adventure becoming a six flags park at some point. I can see a number of parks in the Northeast. I can see, you know, even stuff like Palace being bought out. Uh, I, I can absolutely see that happening. I can see Palace and Apex, you know, becoming one company. There's a lot of stuff that I could see down the road. And but we've also seen a lot of things that surprised the hell out of me. You know, we lost a lot of those classic parks that were hanging on in the last decade. Um, and we didn't lose terribly too many of the classic parks this decade, did we? And I can't remember anything. We've lost a couple here and there. I mean, obviously, uh, Clementon is kind of the most recent. I, I don't think away. that place is done anyways. But it might not be. It supposedly it makes it money. Um, um, I, I mean, I do think I do think that Lakemont, Lakeside at Denver. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, but like you know, it's it's amazing that Conneaut turn is turning around slowly yeah. but surely. Uh, I, but I still I'm not convinced with that place. Like I'm not convinced that that will be the case forever. Um, no. I think that you know, like prefab stuff. I think that you know more computer design stuff. Um, a lot of the the things that we're seeing with like single rail coasters being built. So I've heard like there was one place that I heard that was going to buy a single rail from RMC. That was a shocker. Uh, as to who was buying it, I was like, no, come on, really? And I was like, they they were very vehement that that was the case. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, so then I, this I think... whole manufacturer side of things, um, you know. And then so, uh, the water park, the water park uh, industry, I'm interested in too because we saw a lot of innovation in this last decade. But there's I don't know how you're going to take. I don't know how you're going to take it any further at this point. Uh, yeah, but then, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, they, I don't know that any of us saw many... that you can possibly put on a on a on a, 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 on a, a you know on a in fiberglass. I don't know what other weird shapes you're going to come up with next. Um, the the slide wheel is definitely really cool, and uh, hopefully I don't die at Mount Olympus when <laughs> I go on that one. Um, but yeah, the the water park industry was really interesting as well, um, and that's grown a lot. Um, like in indoor last... water parks, especially. Yeah, we're not even. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, and I went to my first one finally, and like Kalahari is freaking ridiculous. It's amazing. And then Rulanica just opened a few weeks ago. Like, <sighs> so like I said, I think it's a golden age in a lot of ways. Like the number, and also like, as bad as climate change is, if you want to consider there being a positive to it, um, we have roller coasters open <laughs> in you know basically in northern cities, places like Chicago, uh, 
you know, Thunder Road open this weekend. Open today. Thunder Road. Thunder Road open this this weekend. Is that or today? The powered the powered coaster at Toronto. Yeah. yeah, they they got that open today. I mean, just think about the, that. The idea of running these roller coasters in December in in Massachusetts or Toronto or Chicago is just mind blowing. Right? <laughs> mind blowing. I you could go, you know, this this used to be the season ended, you know, on Labor Day when I got into the hobby. And then a lot of places got Halloween events. And so it would run until October. Yeah, oh well, that happened pretty early in our hobby, getting into yeah. the hobby. But but yeah, it was the, Last week in October, hey, maybe you'll get one or two days in November. Woohoo! Yeah, but <laughs> now, now the season, you know, for most of the the coaster enthusiast, you know, uh, folks, parks run uh, twelve months a year in San Di- in San Antonio, San Diego, Florida, yeah. Las Vegas, Phoenix, Arizona. Dallas, I think, is expanding to 12 months a year. Are they really? Uh, Northern California. Um, if Dallas isn't 12 months a year, they're running into January this year. I think I looked them up, and they were, like, surprisingly up. Six Flags Over Texas was open in, like, February. Yeah, they um, usually have, like, one or two operating days in in January and then one or two in February. So they just have, like, a, like a seven-week period that they, you know... Magic Mountain Magic Mountain Knots are both running 365 along with Disney and Universal and SeaWorld. Um you've got the decade is West Coast Racers. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Go figure. Kind of, kind of. It's debatable. (laughs) Owa is basically a year round park. Yeah, I forgot about that place. Well that place. That place, I mean, it's got the money behind it, so But but if even if you even if you go northern, like you can go to Pigeon Forge in March, and they have a nine-month season, basically. Almost a ten-month season. Six Flags Over Georgia, ten-month season. Carowinds, ten-month season. Yeah. Kings Island has an, has an eight-month season. Um, Kings Dominion, eight-month season. Bush Gardens, eight-month season. Hershey Park, eight-month season. So... The season doesn't really end like it used to. Six Flags St. Louis, nine month season. Yeah, I don't. You know? I don't even care. I'm like, I don't mind my little break in the winter. It's fine. And it's, and fine. it's, a, it's a short. It's like, you know, I, I'll go ride coasters this weekend in Miami at Santa's um, Village, Wonder Workshop, Forest, or whatever it is. Whatever, yeah, okay. Forest Wonderland, whatever it's called. Uh, SJ Entertainment Windstorm Land. That's what I'm going to call it. Oh my god! By um, the way, I'm still burping up that goddamn soda. It is so bad. <laughs> but but you know I can ride if I want to ride stuff. Well, I'll go to Orlando in February. Yeah. Um, and so, then if I if I want to ride anything else, like I just have to wait a month, and I can drive to parks. So just just that part to me, as as far as the 2010s have gone, you know whatever you might say about the way season passes have changed, visitation or whatever. It's also changed. Oh my god, meal plans. Meal plans. Holy um, crap. Have, would you have thought that if you would pay $70 or $100 depending on what, what park you're talking about and you get to eat 
all year long. It's amazing. I would have it's been like, like, why would they do that? <laughs> it's like a welfare program. It's incredible. Um, yeah, exactly. And some people that live close to the parks do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, not exactly healthy, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, you know, we've seen a lot of new strategies come into play as far as revenue. Yeah. Um, just think about sodas too. Just like yeah, soda packages and sodas practically free photo, at Six Flags. <laughs> photo packages now, you know, like on ride, you know, twenty bucks, and you can get every photo at every ride that you go to. You know, so I think it's I think it's cool. Like a lot of things have changed. To me, again, I always go back to like what is what's best for me personally, and I look at it and like the crazy old stuff that I would prefer to be writing is increasingly rare or tough to find. Um, and I guess the way I'll close this out is, you know, Mitch's wood pole, which now lo- no longer exists, been yeah. effectively replaced with Ello pole. But if you look at the poles going back to the nineties, when he started it on wrecked out roller coaster, you know, no coasters go up in the rankings from back in the nineties to now, except one. This is, you know, all, all these new wooden coasters have been built. They, they built all the CCIs in the 90s. Then they built the Gravity Group coasters like Boardwalk Bullet and yeah, I mean, Flyer. They built El Toro. They built Colossus. Then they built, you know, Lodge ECS like Thunderhead. But throughout that whole time period, there was one wood coaster that actually went up. Just one. It was the mm-hmm. only one. Which one was it? That's correct. Yeah. Phoenix was like in the lower rung of the top ten. It was in like the top five. Yeah, but at the end of at the end of that polls run, which is the big two because like Tron on the Zeus, I would have been really excited to ride that back at, when you went on European Coaster Odyssey. Yeah, I, when I got to ride it at the end of the trip, it was my last Woody. I was like, yeah, it was good. It was fun. Felt like a bunch of a combination of a bunch of other CCIs that I've done in America. Okay, cool. It was fine. But but the thing but, about yeah. Phoenix is Phoenix has something that very few coasters still do. That's it's a single lap And it's also got nostalgia to it. Like, you know, it's, it, I feel like that also plays on you a little bit, too. It, it has a little bit, yeah, but, but fundamentally, like, even people that don't have nostalgia for it rank it high. Yeah, true. Because, because you, you can ride it and you have the experience of what would roller coasters used to be like and, you know, can't be any more to a degree because of all the things that have changed about like lap bar padding or, you know, tight seat belts or whatever. And Phoenix doesn't have any of that stuff. It's got the buzz bar. It's got dividers, which is it's one, you know, if you want to call it a flaw, that's, that's the only one that it has. That's it. It's just a buzz bar. That's the end. You're on Phoenix. And that, that experience is so rare now. Like, I don't even know if I can name, 10 adult wood coasters, not like junior PTC coasters, but like 10 adult wood coasters that have single lap bars. Like, I would have to think hard. Like, you'd be like, okay, uh, Cornball Express, I think, has ratcheting, actually, doesn't it? And it's Hoosier Hurricane that has singles. No, they're both ratchet. They're both, no. They're both buzz bars. Okay. So you got those two. Obviously, we have Phoenix. We just mentioned it a bunch of times. 
uh, Swamp Fox. Is that a buzz bar? Yeah. Oh, you're just saying which ones are remaining with the buzz bars. Right. Uh, it's it's a dimin- diminishing list. The racer. Um, the adventure land has buzz bars on both. Um, they're, they're still good. Strickers, there's still a good amount still there, but they're the ones that you would expect to stay there forever. Because they the don't smaller, do anything. Or the smaller parks part. that are corporate, yeah. That are well, like Canopy Lake, I think, has buzz bars, but it doesn't have airtime anymore either. Yeah, it doesn't so. matter, yeah. And, you know, Colossus, or Cyclops now has Hades old terrain, so there's that. Yeah. But, uh, like, so so the number of rides that provide that kind of, like, airtime-filled single lap bar experience are just so rare. And, like, to me, like, that's what sucks that I miss. Like, it's not that the new stuff isn't really good. It is. But, like, I miss that. And, uh, you know, I, I know I'm not getting it back in the 2020s. So that's the one thing that sucks. So I'll hope that we continue to get really cool rides and... And even if they do tend to feel a little cookie cutter, like I'm cool with getting 15 more Gravity Group coasters, like Kentucky Flyer and Oscars and Wooden Warrior. And I hope they spread out to more small parks. And same thing with the single rails. I hope we see, you know, not that I I don't want to see Interpark make sales, but I want to see fewer Interpark Zyklons and more like, you know, weird stuff like the Sea Viper at uh, Old Orchard Beach or something like. I just want variety, and that if there is a concern that I have going forward, it's a, a world of Interpark Zyklons, SBF Visa spinning coasters, um, you know, SNS free flies, and stagnation. It's all fads, though. I mean, just look at it then. I mean, look how many Herschel Little Dipper there were back in the day. That's the SPF Vista is that. <laughs> no, no, no. And, 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 I, no, you're right. Or, or, like, and then it was, like, replaced by, like, the Molina and Sons coasters. Right, right, right. But, and then the 90s was freaking Miller again. <laughs> yeah. And and endless Python pits and Dragon oh, Wagons so and Python Orient pits. Express. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's not true, but what I'm saying is... Like, even at that point, like, you had people that would build Wacky Worms or something, or, like, they had different models. Like, we basically just have, like, the two- and three-loop SBF Visa. Maybe we'll get something else with the new inverting what they showed at IAPA, but... Well, they also um, had that layout that, whatever, um, the 5.0 layout, the one that um, Jenkinson's... Or, like the wacky worm kind of layout that they have, like the figure. Yeah, eight. so they now have three different layouts, more or less. But you know, yeah, they're just—it's just whatever. It's it's fine. They're fine. I just I just want different stuff. That's all. Like I don't want to ride just the same three things. Like, yep. <laughs> I don't want to go back to the fifties where like there's only ten choices of rides, and that's that's all you get to pick from. Like, and every park just has those ten things. Like. Uh, so if there's something that I am concerned about with the 2020s is that consolidation will lead to a more generic park experience, but we're not there yet. So um, any closing thoughts? Because I need to go to bed. <laughs> I, I, my, my vision is blurry. I need to go to bed. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's, it's a good time to be into this hobby, and I, you know, things should be good for the time being. Yeah. As far as uh, development and all that stuff, and 
I think we're going to find better ways to manufacture things. It seems like people are finding better ways to manufacture things. Now, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think there'll be more automation involved, more right. CNC milling and, but just, and fabrication. God, no. Why did you just have to bring that up? Like, just the fact that the way we're building things and all that stuff is completely different. And with rapid prototyping and all these types of deals that's been developed in the last um, 10 years that's now affordable, like... Just think about rapid prototyping. I know it's on a different level, but just like being able to rapid prototype a, a, a piece of plastic and be like, hey, this is what, the, okay, this works. Now let's mass develop it. Before you had to, you know, have someone, it, it's just amazing. And that's all going to come down the pipeline to the amusement park industry and change things as well. I mean, just look how, you know, you're moving away from welds and, and having more computer milled things so the problem with that is that things are really expensive at the beginning though it might be too yeah, they require to scale which gets back to what i was just saying about yeah, about it, generic it's it's really it's it's better on parks for for maintenance and and possibly the the durability of the parts but it's extremely expensive at the same time originally so but but when you when chains own 20 parks then they're going to buy 20 of the same ride and i think that that's kind of you know, kind of like what we're talking about with 53 vacoma coasters being built by the same company like it's kind of like the southwest airlines model like you know if they run out of parts at you know transworld studio 37 they can pick yeah. up the phone and and see if 34 has the pieces and send uh, yeah, over a the, wheel assembly i've been thinking about like the manufacturing of how they do that like i feel like they just manufacture the same piece over and over or i don't know it just seems like i bet you that's what it is i think it's the same thing with the F sbf visa i think that there's nothing... 10 of this piece and then like okay let's move on to the next piece we need to do and then blah, 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 yeah yeah it's, it's just yeah. you know whoever does their milling they're just like keep running them yeah, keep doing the same thing. <laughs> Just do the same thing. Like, yeah. okay. like I need a hundred of them. Like, they'll go. Don't worry about it. Just keep building them. Like, <laughs> so, so that I will say that is one concern that I have. And I guess if you're like a Disney or Universal fan, you don't give a shit about any of that. And whatever. no, no, you know, uh, that doesn't matter. Not, they have money. They don't need yeah. to worry about this stuff. Yeah, and 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 fundamentally, like you're used to writing the same thing over and over again, anyways, right? Like, come on, you know, you go to Disney four times a year. How many times have you been on Pirates of the Caribbean? It's still not. You're still not sick of it. So you know. To us, it is what it is. So anyways, uh, let's go ahead and close up shop. You'll hear from us again in the new year. I will send yep. this over to Joe tomorrow. I'll send the, the notes. So, uh, Alex, we'll where can we find you at? Uh, Coaster Spotting on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Check it out. You know, it's it's been doing good. You know, I started back in May and just passed 300 subscribers, so I'm pretty happy with that. That's... Uh, but I'm scared about Copa. That's another thing that happens in new decade. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's yeah. That's the whole another thing. <laughs> you can find me Gods on Safari on Twitter. Uh, find my real name on Instagram, though I rarely post. Trying to do more with it. And uh, again, we'll see you in 2020. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one, I think. Hope sure. so. Yeah, yeah. Uh,